this computer. Is that is is it on? <laughs> is it on? Is it this doesn't on? work. This doesn't work. Right. Hello yeah. and welcome to the twentieth, the twentieth edition of the Low Origin podcast. Um, today's special guest is I mean it's down he's down here for me, but he might be somewhere else on the screen once this recording's been done. But it's Mr. David Egan off of. Off of everything, everything that was good is good, is continuing to be good, and everything that we're excited to watch him get involved in. David Egan, thank you for coming on this. No problem, boys. That's odd, a lot of pressure for my future cast. things now. Oh, like, yeah. You, you have to do good now. Uh, you've yeah. kissed the death there. <laughs> yeah. You have to do good now. I fucking said you'll do good, so you'll do good. Sorry, um, I'll do good now, I promise. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks, Dad. Nice one. Um, fuck it, let me just move some of these cans, cans out of the way. Cans, cans, nice cans available in the shop now. Um, terrible plug. Yeah, terrible plug. I mean, it's, it feels it's like fine. forever since we've done a podcast. Literally, it, it has been a, a long time. Um, yeah, it has been a long time. We've lots have been happening. Has has happened. Um, mainly, um, Danny and and Dan have done some actual drifting, but also I moved house, so. Um, I'm extremely disorganized, so nothing happens when I, I'm disorganized, which is all the time. And Saul, Saul, so... Saul did a poo. I did. Yeah. Some. And it's at least an hour every time that happens, so... Um, some, some poos. Some poos happened. Um, well, I'm, I'm at the unit doing loads and loads of work, as you can see. Uh, Saul's very busy at home in his living room. Daniel Joyce is... In my I car. think it is... A, in his S15, Danny Wyman is in his office. David Egan, yeah. you're behind a white background. You could literally be anywhere in the entire universe. Where are you today? I'm in my house in, in the only room that has good internet and light. <laughs> good internet and light. So, so there are rooms that have better internet and... Yes, and that, welcome to Ireland. Dan, yes. Danny's in the other room. Danny's in the other room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Danny, Danny in his 56k modem, um, yeah, definitely in the other room. Um, so you're saying, like, do you have a, a router that's just not very good? Yeah, at basically, basically my house says I get 200 meg of internet, and then, which sounds ridiculous, and then sometimes just can't stream things. And then I, I have, at most times, like really good internet, no phone reception whatsoever in my house, not at all, but I have 200 meg internet. So it's really bizarre. So every time I leave the house, my phone explodes with like 72 missed calls every day. So this oh, is like over old. lockdown and all that. I've realized that this particular spot is like well lit and the internet seems to be stable. So that's why I'm here. It's certainly well lit. Um, so yeah, that kind of, uh, you just leave your phone in one room and then leave it on loud. No, 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 absolutely not. Just leave it in another room so no one can get in contact with you and you just like, go. Airplane mode. True. Good point. But yeah, well, um, what a podcast! <laughs> fuck you, man. We can wrap it up there, guys. Everyone yeah, knows what they want to. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, lots, lots of things have happened over the past. Um, it's been nearly two. Oh, has it been nearly two months? It's been a long time. Obviously, I genuinely can't remember the last podcast. It's been a while. The point is, we've none of us, apart from Danny and, and Dan, have done, and obviously David Egan, Mister Drifting Today, obviously. Um, None of us have really, I say none of us, that just basically leaves me and Saul, but the general drifting community haven't really done a great deal of drifting, unless it's something that you're either invited to or that you're doing yourself. 
there's not a great deal of days available to go and do a drift. Um, I don't know what it's like in Ireland. Um, have have has anything really opened up for drift days uh, recently? Well, Dave is the drift day, isn't he? Yes. But is it, yeah. was, it, um, was it an open drift day? Was it like uh, available for... Yeah, it was an open drift day with no spectators and limited cars or 60 cars. So it was like us easing back into doing... Like they, they've done some yeah. car track days. They've done some, we were just easing back into like kind of drift day work. Will everybody play ball and not be morons? And it all worked out really smooth. So it was a really positive day. It was a very strange day because you're normally in Ireland, you, there's actually quite a lot of spectators at a practice day or an open day. And it was just kind of bizarre that it was just the drivers there today. It was almost like being on the grid for qualifying, you know, like it's just everyone's there drifting. There's nobody else yeah, with yeah. them. But it was really fun. It was a fun day. It was just a different, like you miss the people there and, and they kind of buzz, but everyone had a good day. Lots of track time. Um, James Dean was there testing his car and uh josh was there testing his car that looks like your cars and then i mean, we weren't gonna say it um and, we, and and the worst thing is another guy turned up today in an mx5 supercharged exactly the same yellow to purple as well so we were like okay this is getting ridiculous now but um so yeah, there was a lot of like some, like it was all the way for, there's actually some really cool cars there that people had like so much time during lockdown to make their car look really well and they yeah, had no yeah, other yeah. time to do anything with it just make it look nice so there was never so many canards and splitters and like stuff and, and liveries littered everywhere first Every, corner littered there everywhere there was so much plastic on the ground it was like a mess but it was a good that's, fun day we had a good time that's good to hear um yeah i mean we, I, I i've not really Apart from the Lydon day, uh, was it yesterday or the old Saturday? That wasn't, I mean, I didn't see that announced anywhere. I may have missed it, but um, apart from that, there's not a great deal else going on in the UK. I'm, I'm sure someone in the comments will point out that there is loads going on, and I've just fucking... Well, you've got, you've got Teesside Weekender coming up, which I believe is next weekend, Dan, because mm -hmm. Jamie's doing it. Yeah. She is indeed. Next weekend. Um, I wanted to do it, but then she turned around and says, no, because I pre-booked your trailer. Before. She bought her ticket first. So therefore, my trailer is no longer available. And there we go. It's saving me money, though, because, you know, I'm a BDC Pro driver now and I need money. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that, that'd be nice. That's, and, yeah. and now that I'm a BDC Pro driver, as soon as they said it was okay, I don't have to practice anymore. I just do the rounds and that's it. And then I wonder why I suck. The rounds are the practice. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Exactly that. And then, then I'll get angry on the internet because I didn't qualify. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you'll storm up to the top of the tower at the judging oh, tower. Will, and you'll will, tell yeah. them how to drift. Yeah, yeah I will. Tell I'll them tell them how terrible their judging skills were and how on point my driving was. And didn't they see that sick, wicked entry? Fuck yeah. the line, but it was a sick, wicked entry. <laughs> Mr. David Egan, you completely mistimed the, the taking over of the BDC. You completely missed Mito's return to drifting. I mean, that, that would have been... I'd be glad. I'd be that would glad. Have, <laughs> that would have been incredible. Could you imagine Mito storming up to the tower and explaining about his three-something motion shit? Yeah, and, and how flying everywhere. Is it called three? I don't even three motion drift. Explaining the the detail of three motion drift and how you don't know what you're talking about. You weren't there, man. You weren't in Japan. You're not on a B knuckle. You didn't know. We really like things, man. He's a good guy. We we really like Mito. He's a I can't wait till he till he paints that fucking Lambo dick skin peach and then puts B knuckle on it. Yeah. 
That Lambo's getting an arsehole on the bonnet, isn't it? It's getting an arsehole on the bonnet. It's, it's got an arsehole in the car, so I mean... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, all jokes aside, um, uh, Mito did win a Lamborghini. And as, as cra- it's like just when you think 2020 couldn't get any more... Mito wins a Lamborghini Huracan. That's, that's, that, do you know what? It's funny because um, a funny story about this is, is actually something relative to me because I won a car during lockdown as well. Oh, shit. You did? What? Yeah. I won a car. Yeah, you won an, you I won an A86. So, um, oh, that's infinitely of... better than a fucking <laughs> Wait there, wait there. Alex, are you telling me... more in a don't... couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Alex, are you telling me you don't watch the Drift Games vlogs and you've just got Dave on here for no reason? I was disgusted by the fact that I realised we're not even subscribed to Drift Game vlogs. And I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I need to sign out of my own account and sign in. It's like mine all you... just you need two YouTubes because one is just yeah. full of cats and 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 and, crap, <laughs> and then you've got one for cars and then you end up stuck in yeah. the cats one and then you just yeah. get sucked into cats for two well, hours they, watching like, funny videos. Jokes aside, they probably should make it so like like on uh, on Instagram you can sign in and out of two different accounts and yeah, you don't yeah. just end up with shit that you don't fucking want to watch. And... But anyway, you well, won I, an I, I, went, I entered in in one week. I entered two, uh, only like two raffles because this is a big thing at the moment. Everyone was bored and everyone was was doing yeah, it in yeah. Ireland. There's a company in the north of Ireland who are doing like five cars a day or something. It's crazy. So they sold out. They sold out a Lamborghini Gallardo in 25 minutes. They sold it out, and then another company had the A86. So I entered both, and I won the A86, which is, as I said, Lamborghini was there. And everyone's like, "Can you imagine winning the Lamborghini?" And we were talking about, it, but like, what a ridiculous thing to win. I mean, at least mm-hmm. you can comprehend an 86 or a four, an yeah, S14 yeah, yeah. or something but, but a Lamborghini just like that you had no intention of, of having it must be insane for him to just go well there's something you just could never afford happens and you're like and then you have that horrible thing I would imagine where you go I could sell it that's the right thing to do that I have money or I will never afford this again for the rest of my life so do I keep it as like a so it's very difficult, I imagine, as a decision you get, to... You get that little little buffer to cash that they give you. You insure yeah. it for a year. You fill the tank as much as you can. You fucking trash it around, and then you sell it for fucking nothing. But you have fun well, in it. Well, well more than £25, though. So Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, You're exactly always going to be up. Imagine selling it for £25. It's going to be hilarious. You're not always going to be up, are you, though? Because the thing is, if you keep a hurricane for, like, five or ten years... It's gonna go down in value. Um, whereas if you kept an eighty-six, if you kept an eighty-six for five to ten years, it's only go up, gonna go up in value. And I know that the difference is massive. Like it's not the same price. Yeah, but it's, it's very tough because I, I won the car, and then so people were offering me money straight away, and it's really difficult to say no because you know money's money. It's like you know you could turn twenty-five euro into twenty thousand in yeah. a day. Yeah, but yeah. I, I feel like you guys. I was like, look. It's something I wanted. I would never justify buying one at the price they're at now, no. because especially one like that, which is totally brand new, essentially. Mm. And I was like, it's probably just a lucky thing that's happened that I should appreciate and not just cash it in, because then you'll just spend it. I'll spend it on all of those stupid exactly. cars and then I'll have exactly. nothing anyway. I'll spend it on more engine bits. You've got two ways of looking at it. You can either you can either have an A86, because I think it's the one where you're, I've seen it on your, your profile, you're stood in front of it. It's a, it's a nice looking Panda. It's quite, it's a sort of 86 that you thought comes to mind when you think about like old Japanese drifting and stuff. It's, yeah. it's not like it's fucking batshit crazy, super duper fast. Um, but it's, 
you get to have a car like that and potentially drive the shit out of it. And if you do write off or if you do wreck it, it still only costs you 25 quid. But on the other side of this, it's if you do write it off and you do wreck it, wreck it, it's it's actually probably a 20 grand. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think that, that we were saying like the indicator was 25 euro on that car. But we were like, it, it, the thing is, we're doing we're doing something to it now because like I mean, everyone has their own if they have an 86, their own particular style that they would do it in, depending on whether they're into, in Northern Ireland, they'll do like rally, a rally style and a rally spec to it. If you're in, sometimes people will just leave them completely stock. Sometimes people like the 2000s sort of drift look as in, you know, like a good line bumper and works wheels. So we're doing more of a drift style. Like it's, a, it's an original Japanese car that was made to look like a UK car, which is mm. strange. So we're gonna go with, you know, the usual, um, you know, good line bumper, works wheels, like, you know, Evo yeah, yeah, coilovers, yeah. make it a nice UEO daily, style. Nice, yeah, really, really nice car. It's not going to be a drift car because it would just be pointless having three drift cars and then drifting the, the, the really invaluable one. So mm. I was like, I'm just going to use it for a fun weekend car and, you know, enjoy it. And as I said, I haven't had any, I've had 386s before over my time, mm. but um, nothing like that. This one's cleaner than any car I've ever owned. It's like the guy imported it. He put it into, he went, he used it as his wedding car. And then he put it in a shed and if it rained, he never took it out. It was that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah. it's almost too perfect. So we were like, let's just make it a little bit rougher on the edges. <laughs> yeah. And then you can enjoy it when it's a little bit exactly. rougher on the edges. That's the thing. Cause you get into that situation where you think, oh, maybe I should just, you know, park it in this garage and just, you know, maybe forget about it for a bit. Yeah. Well, we, we were just talking about this during the week is like, you, you have to buy whatever you want to work on or own in terms of JDM cars. You need to buy them now. Like you just, oh, like yeah, I yeah. just, I just bought a car during the week that I would want in a year or two, but I was like, in a year or two, it's going to be worth three times what it's worth now, and I won't be able to afford it. Yeah. So, like, I think now is people are like, oh, you're buying so many cars. I'm like, because in five or six years, these cars are going to be worth silly money. It's you an won't investment. be able. It's, it's, an it's like an investment, yeah. So people are thinking it's crazy. So I picked up an S14 during the week, and like the price of S14s has gone. Uh. Like especially. Tell, us a, tell, tell me about it. We, we we can't even let the ones that should die die. I mean, oh, and the worst thing is that would. Oh, you really? would still get really strong money for a bad one. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's the thing. You know that there's, there's. I think there was two S14s this week for sale in Ireland. Just two, and one of them was a black like UK spec, uh, like a '98, not running for ten and a half thousand euro. I was like, wow. I've, I've got a shell that you can have for five. But it's insane, isn't it? Like five you, quid. You would buy S14s for like four or five thousand euro, no problem. And now it's just, you know, they've been drifted or wrecked or turned into, you know, cage cars or rusted away. So there's only so many cars left. So if you're still passionate about that, I think, you know, as time goes on, it's going to be like the guys who used to work on Mustangs in America. And then a 67 Mustang is like $80,000 now to have. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's the time to kind of hold on to them. And another thing as well, it's like, it's just on that because I had that exact same conversation uh, today with Gabby, um, I saw, um, and I think you lot have probably seen it as well. It's a Datsun 410. Yes. It's a red oh, Datsun 410. Yeah. It's not just that, because that, that car isn't worth a great deal of money. It's like, five, I say great deal of money, it's still a lot of money, but uh, five grand, right? And I'm reading the spec for it, and I'm thinking like, why is this, why is this car? Why, I've seen this car, like, I really fucking want this car. And I'll probably never see one ever again. Not just that I won't be able to buy one because they'll be too expensive but that you just won't ever see one again. It will be 
gone. It'll be a car like that that someone will put away or forget about. And you start thinking about buying a car for not the wrong reasons, per se, but like just weird reasons. I want that 410. Why do I want it? I just want it so that I can fucking know that it exists still. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and, it's so, and it's so unique. I mean, I, for me, I'd already have bought it, only it was two days after I spent all my money on an S14. But it was, I was looking at that today going, four and a half thousand euro for the most unusual car. Oh. And even if you did nothing with it, you just go, yeah, go Datsun 410 to go, what's that? And you nearly, you, 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 yeah. you nearly go, oh, well, let me well, tell well. you. <laughs> well, do, do you know what? I remember when... Um, I think we were sat in a, we were sat in a briefing and you, it was before people had come in and you were talking about cars that you'd previously owned and you showed me a picture of a Corolla and bear in mind, I'm pretty confident I'd seen every single Corolla. It was an old black Corolla that you owned and I'd never seen, didn't even know it existed. I've had a, I've had a lot of JDM cars and it's at mm. this stage. It's I'd a long say, time ago. Yeah. I've had a lot of different, um, like I've had, like, that's the thing. It's like a lot of what I'm associated with is like professional competitive drifting which again is quite different than the street side of it or the mm. sort of even the hobby of just owning JDM cars. But I've had like, I would say probably 40 or 50 of different types of Japanese cars. I'm not like uh, yeah. super passionate about one particular style or car, mm. but I like just kind of owning one, enjoying it for a while. Yeah, I know what that's about. I'll move on. And I've had some really shitty ones as well. But I, I was like, I kind of went through all these different stages. And I, I kind of get to a point now where I'm like, I know the cars I like. And yeah. then I got really panicked where I was like, I'm not going to be able to buy any of these again because they're too expensive. So I was trying to... memories. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to be like, you know, in my 40s going, oh, I used to have really nice cars. So I said, okay, I'm going to buy a few now, even if it puts me a little bit in debt, so that at least... I can, you know, make the excuse that it's content, but realistically, I'm like, it's more for me to say in five or 10 years, I could still have this car. It's not going to lose money. It's not going to, you know, it's going to be worth something. And I can have a lot of fun with it in the meantime. So it's like, it seems like, and this is at least what I explained to my my girlfriend, who's like, you just bought like another car. Okay. It's an investment. It's an investment. It's it's safer than the bank. (laughs) It fucking is. I mean, look at it at the moment. Like my, yeah. my dad, my dad got a fucking um, an I not an ISA, an investment something. I don't fucking know. I should have paid more attention. Got some sort of um, savings you were, you were uh, ISA account when he was telling you about it. <laughs> for for my daughter and um, like straight away within like a couple of fucking weeks, it was worth half of what it was. And he put like five grand in, and he was, he rang me. He was like, "We got some bad news, Alex, uh, but it's fine. I'm sure it'll work itself out." Um, that that investment thing that I sorted out, it's yeah, it's, it's it's like it's half failing. of what it was. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck! You should have bought a fucking S14, a scrap S14." I have this image of, of like being a financial advisor in an office <laughs> yeah. in a suit, and someone's like, "Where should I put my money?" Eighty-six Corollas. Oh, Eighty-six Corollas. That's what. Right, oh, you've got about three years to buy all the S15s because as soon as they go into America legally, that it's game over. No one's owning one yeah. of them. Same, yeah, same with the point. old Evos as well. Danny, Danny yeah. Wyman just messaged saying his internet is absolutely fucked. He can't hear a thing and shit. So. Uh, bye, 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 Danny Wyman. Bye, Danny. It, bye, Danny. Get, get come, a 4G come back from France fine. soon. Yeah. <laughs> the internet in France, not so good. Not, not, not so good. That was German, not French. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, cars. Yeah, 
let's 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 not immediately go to uh, competitive drifting and and all that jazz. Um, what do you want to talk about, Alex? What would you like to talk about? What would you like to talk about? So when cars do become like the S15, do become available to um, drive in America. When are you selling your S15, Dan? <laughs> no one will buy this if you looked underneath it. Well, I mean, I they can't look underneath it from America. No, yeah. oh, I wouldn't. There's no point. I, I thought about selling the 15 and building another PS, but the amount of money then... Yeah. I'd, buy, I'd buy a PS13 and I'd be like, well, this is terrible. It needs this, that and the other. And by the time I've got it to where I want it to be, I'm more into, money-wise, I'm more into the PS than I was for the 15. So it's pointless. I'll just keep using this until it's absolutely dangerous to drive and just can't be repaired and then throw it in the bin. So just about three years sooner than Alex's car got to. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. No, no, no. But you see, I actually do maintenance on my motor vehicles and I, I look at what's broken. I'm agreeing because I'm also terrible at that as well. But now, having a decent engine, I'm going to have to be. Better get better. Do good. Yes, do good with me. but Alex, it took you 10 years to get to this point. Of... Right, right. Hang, hang fire. Hang no, fire, No, no, no. Right? It's not fucking hang fire. Maybe it's it took you 10 for years of Getting ignoring shit. Down. Even Dave, Dave sponsored your vehicle for a year of um, BDC, and then when he started seeing it in real life, he's like, well, that was a terrible idea, wasn't it? Look how shit that is. Right, it, well, that's not the case. That's, 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 that's how it went down. It, it, it in the Bible. so bad, it jumps up curves in KFC. Oh, yeah. yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> good content. Right, the, the, the problem, yeah, it was real good content. The problem was, right, I, I just, I feel like, the car never got a chance to just uh, it, be it a always... car because it was that terrible. No, I bought I, right. So I, I bought the S14 specifically to compete in the BDC, right? Because I have the 300, which which this laptop is currently perched on top of. It's a real good laptop stand right now. Um, and the, the, the 14 was something that I was committed to, to smashing up basically because at the time it was relatively cheap. And then just time just gets away with itself. And before you know it, you're like two years, three years deep doing the BDC. The problems that you had have just been like covered over with like sticking plasters, like terrible, terrible sticking plasters. And because there's just so many of them and because you very rarely ever get it on a ramp. I mean, that was the best thing, getting this fucking two poster ramp. The problem, the problems can't. Yeah, the problems can't hide anymore. I can, I can see the problems. They're just, they're just there. Look, look, look at that, look at that problem there. Fucking awful problem. Um, but it, it like doing what I was doing at the time. It was always going to end up um, bits being forgotten and neglected. And yeah, all right. Ten years later, um, this was this was a long time coming, and uh, I do kind of wish I'd done it sooner. But if I had have done it sooner, then I would have ended up... I mean, look, we're in fucking... What is it? July. July. We're on July the 12th. And... All right. Thanks to coronavirus, um, I, I don't feel like I've missed out on a great deal of drift days. No. But if I'd have done this any other time, it's almost like a... It's kind of convenient for me. It's, that sounds terrible. I don't, I don't mean it like that. But this is the first year in like 10 years that I've basically had off of either competitive drifting or just drifting generally. And I don't want to say luckily, but... Um, well, this is the longest you've gone without having a fire as well. Yes, so this, is the longest, cool. <laughs> this is the longest I've not had a fire for, and it's the longest I've not driven for. Yeah. 
Hopefully, hopefully, end of all fires. Um, oh, hey, talking of talking of my, fires, my, my car went on fire today at the park of the day. Which one? The, the Mustang. practice car or the cop car? The Mustang of all. Cars. Oh, the Mustang. Oh, we don't, yeah, that, that's okay. That, well, I can. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was it was on fire a bit, and then uh, yeah, so we put <laughs> on fire a bit. <laughs> and I did a full lap of the track with eight foot flames coming from behind the car had no idea the car was on fire and went to queue up again on, on fire. <laughs> and then all these people were running with fire extinguishers. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Someone's just waited four months to go drifting and they're on fire. And then quickly realized that I was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was oh. fun. We had a fun day. And then James Dean drove my car, which made me feel bad about life. So we won't talk about that. <laughs> did he, did he yeah, drive well. really, really well? He, of course he, he, he did. He, of course he, he did that classic, like, um, just oh, got in it and just, just like, drove well, How does it drive? Like how does it feel? And I'm kind of saying, you know, it's a bit like different than like blah, 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 blah. You just have to take it easy for the first lap or two and then you'll, you'll get a feel for it. I, I literally, 2.7 seconds later, he was uh, top of third gear, full on angle, about a quarter of an inch from an IS 200. And I was like, okay, mm. we're, we're doing yeah, it. Just, just <laughs> never driven it before. St puts down yeah. a 99.9 run just, just out of yeah, nowhere. And, and, the car and, and, and is then, never driven. Because everyone was like, I was always like, oh, I don't know if it's the car or is it me? So now actually I do know it's just me. So it's fine. Yeah, see, that's why you could never give him keys realistically because you know then the car's capable. It's just like, okay, it's just me. I'm terrible. Brilliant. It's nice to have some excuses cool. in the bank to go, it would be so much better if I did this and this and this. And then he'll just drive, yeah. you know, a shopping trolley around the place. And you're like, all right, it's definitely, it's definitely not the car anyway. And that, that excuse that goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with my car. It's always it's been always been great because anyone who ever drove my car would always hand me the keys back and go, no, ooh, D don't do that. Don't give anyone the keys to this car again. This is horrible. How do you even drive it anywhere? Ugh. I felt I would have been happier if James Dean had said that to me because then at least I could <laughs> yeah. go. Well, oh, yes. we're, both, we're both in the same boat. We're both struggling with the car. But he went out and was like, yeah, yeah it's no problem. And then just came in and did that casual, see you now. You know, that's <laughs> like, oh, all right. All right, cool. Thanks. Brilliant. Next. Oh, man. Yeah, it, was, it, was fun. it was fun to watch. It's bizarre watching your own car be driven far beyond your own capabilities at times. So it was, it was pretty fun to watch. But yeah, no, we had a, we had a small fire. So I feel your pain, Alex. And it was, a, it was a little bit of a fire. But we got to put out anyway. But did, so people saw you fire, came over to you. Oh, I have some spectacular photos and videos and vlogs Brilliant. of me actually on Good fire. Good content. And then in the car saying like casually, like, oh, everything seems to be working fine. Everything's going good. As Outside. pandemonium is breaking out, <laughs> like there's trucks going with extinguishers. And then I'm sitting in the car going, oh, I wonder what the holdup is. Someone must be on fire. And then all you see is a massive cloud of white powder everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yeah. So, if nothing else, the Mustang is is a humorous car in, in many mm. ways. That's pretty a good much what a good producer of uh, of content. That's all. That really always, matters. always um, fun. Want to talk about that S thirteen uh, for one second? Um, because uh, I really like it. I like the look of it. I like the way it moves. I like every bit of it. Um, can you just just briefly talk through what that car is and why it looks and goes good? The competition one, the blue one. Yeah, no, the... Uh, yeah, that one. The blue yeah. one or the orange one? Perp to blue. Yes, purple to blue one, yeah. Perp to blue, yeah, 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 yeah. So that car is... So that's Pete Nielsen's old car. which right. And that was 
originally built by a guy called Gavin Lenehan who competed. So that car has actually been in competition for like 10 years. So it got to a point where it's tired. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it was pretty tired. So I bought that car off Peden and it was running, but running very poorly. And he was building a new car. And I bought it for, for like very small money, maybe like 7,000 euro as a full comp car. But the engine was tired. Then we did the classic head gasket. Then we did the head. Then we did the block wall in the space of like two days. So we went and built an engine for it. So that's not a stroked engine, but it's just a, it's just a upgraded everything, pistons, everything, all skimmed head, all the kind of just reinforcement stuff. There's a big, and then everyone, I, this is the problem with me is like, I get the parts that are generally what's quite convenient to me. So uh, one of my friends had a car he was braking and it had like a, I can't remember the name. It's a US company like manifold that are really, really fancy. I can't even remember the name. Got a dock race manifold. Dock racing, yeah. So they, he was like a this and this massive turbo. And he, I was like, oh, I'll take the manifold. He's like, well, it'll be more convenient if you took both of them because they all fit. And I was like, oh, super. So I put them all on the car and it sounded amazing, but it was the laggiest car ever in the world. So in the end, obviously the cage didn't pass regulations. The car was tired. We had to refab the whole car, repaint the whole car. So basically, I think only the roof skin is from when Peden had it at this stage, bar some of the bits of the shell. So we rebuilt the whole car, uh, competed in it last year. And even though I have, I have that on the Mustang, it's just so, like, they're just so much more fun. To, uh, Fun is that it's not probably not the right word. The right word is it's so much more capable and predictable, and you can have more for like predictability is fun to me because you don't want to yeah. go into like you can do a lot more twinning, a lot more close action because you're very comfortable where you are in it. And yeah. um, it, we does, it does look it does look like you're more comfortable generally. It, yeah, it's I mean, more I, I think relaxed drive. It's mm. like literally, I would say people were talking to me today about this between the Mustang and that, and I was like, in the Mustang, you're like, I wonder where we're gonna go here. You know what I mean? And then in that car, you're like, I can go where I want to go. You yeah, know? So yeah, it's like, yeah, you're yeah, thinking yeah. more about where I want to go rather than can I drift this corner? Which yeah, 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 you yeah, guys yeah. know after a while, you're not really worried about drifting the corner. You're like, how do I want to drift it? Where do I want to yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. How fast? It's very, so, it's very synonymous with S-bodies though, isn't it? They seem to yeah. be a very easy to drive, get in. You can pretty much get, you could jump in probably any of our cars and you have a general steering ability between the four. Well, well, I have I have two, two different 180s and they're both different turbos, different manifolds, different gearboxes, different setups, different even wise fabs, different one version one, version two, different coilovers, everything. And you could jump, even though they deliver the power a little differently, you literally would drive both as if they're the same car. Yeah. And then you have to find, find differences that you tune between the two and that's it. Exactly. And, and that car to me was like, and then last year, so I had this, obviously I've watched a lot of competitive drifting over the years and without driving a whole lot. And what I've learned is that everything that people moan about in drifting, I'm just trying to avoid that because mm. people generally go, I'm going to put a 2J in and then, they're like 25,000 euro into a build. And I'm like, I don't think you're going to get 25,000 euros worth of fun out of that. So yeah. I was like, okay, SR, you know, I built it for a couple of thousand and it's in there for two years now and been hammered and it's fine. And I was like, okay, let's, uh, everyone's like, oh, you got to put a winter's diff in there. And I'm like, yeah, but that's really expensive. And I don't, and I haven't broken really anything in that car. So then I realized kind of, well, if I just run a really like, I wouldn't say bad, but like sort of a reserved clutch, like an organic XZD in there. Yeah. And um, basically the clutch will slip before it breaks the shaft or the diff. And I have a stock rear end in that. So I was like, well, clutches are pretty handy to fix and they're cheap. And I can get them like for a couple, you know, a couple hundred quid every six months rather than yeah. breaking shafts, diffs. And then they were getting really expensive, like diffs mm. and stuff. So I was like, okay. And then the Samsonis, which is the most baller thing in the car, was a was a partnership deal with them last year or the year before maybe with drift games and and different championships and stuff and that gearbox was actually 
part of a deal that we did like two, three years ago. Mm. And obviously, because I was getting a, a sponsored one, they were obviously making them and giving them to all the people that were buying them before yeah. me. So eventually yeah. I got it, put it in the car. We did some fab to get it in there. And it's just a tidy, clean, simple car. Like the Samsonis is probably overkill for the rest of the car, to be honest. But mm. it's, uh, it's a really easy to drive, really fun to drive. And I kind of don't want anything else, more power, nothing in it. Cause yeah, you know, leave it, leave it where it is. Lovely. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. Seeing, I mean, uh, I saw you drive at Buxton, which is a weird experience because Buxton's like a home track to me and I've only ever seen it being driven by like BMW stock cars. It was, that was, that's a different story for a different time. Um, but yeah, you seem really real at home with that car. And I think it goes to more along the lines of, so you look at the Mustang and you look at the, the 180, the, the 180 has got 30 years worth of modified science behind it. Like there is so much off the shelf, just shit available that after such a long time, everything's kind of, it's not just that it's a good price and all the availability is good. It's that there's been so many revisions of aftermarket parts for an S13 that like now it's very hard to buy parts that are shit well not shit but like don't make the car significantly more drivable um whereas with the mustang i guess uh how how many years deep are we into modifying that that generation well, that particular mustang? chassis was only ever driven by one person so like like he drove like von gendunner drove that car mm. he also was sponsored by ford so he yeah. didn't have major like he couldn't go i'm just going to drive an s15 instead it's, you know he had, to, <laughs> he had to make that that work that's where he was. So he had to make it work. And for me, that car was more of a, I bought the Mustang because I didn't, I wasn't planning on competing. I bought it as more of a sentimental value car to me because it yeah. was, it was just something that was very significant with where I was in drifting and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it just followed me around for a bit, but like, it's not competitive. And even James Dean would say that today. It's not a competitive car, but it's, it's sort of like a challenge to drive. So yeah. if you're like, say, look at us, we're in Mandela all the time. You don't often want an S-Body because, especially if you're drifting on your own, uh, it's, like, it's like nothing. It's like just do a couple of backwards entries and then like, okay, let's go home. You want to chase people. But with the Mustang, it's a bit of a challenge every time. So I, I wanted that as a challenge car. I think the 180, I have another one which we were using as like a, a detuned version that was like totally engine overbuilt for like no, like not 0.9 bar boost and like keep it really, really simple and just trash laps out. Um, and as I said, it's like the thing I was saying about the, the older cars, it's like, 180s and s bodies and stuff like you know i have three now and i know that probably they're the last three i'll have because they'll just be too expensive to have in the future so yeah. it's not just I, to have it's to have and also enjoy exactly exactly and i feel guilty because if you buy an s if you bought an s15 and it was forty five thousand euro like dan would not be driving it around the track you, you wouldn't take a gtr r35 you know and just drive it around buxton and smash it into things so no, i absolutely would <laughs> yeah, you probably you would, could, but, it, would, but it, it's like I said before. I feel how, bad about it, though. Yeah, but it's how much money you put in versus the return yeah. on enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. so like, the value that, of fun—that's the thing. Exactly, and I think that's that's where a lot of competitive drift. Well, for the six six years I did of Ireland and the UK, I think that's what people forgot was how to weigh fun versus money. Yeah, and and I think then you'll always, if you never think about that you'll always end up in a position where you've spent too much money. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem. You have to get to a point and go, no, I really like driving this car. Not like, I think that my car is not the most amazing car on the grid, but I wanted it to look nice. I wanted it to drive nice. And I wanted it to not be shit slow, 
but I didn't want it to be like, it's going to break itself in half every 20 minutes and 60 people have to fix it. I'm like, well, that's no fun either. So I was like, as long as it's sort of competitive and it's a bit of crack and it's a bit of fun and it's low maintenance, and I know nothing about cars mechanically usually. So I'm like, as long as it's not going to cause me a lot of hassle, I just want to drive lap, lap, lap. And yeah, over yeah, the years, yeah. especially in Ireland and even in the UK, like we've watched guys, you know, finish top 10 in every year in the championship in very, very modest builds mm. because they just don't break down. Yeah. Like that's literally a yeah. massive advantage. So I, I felt that was a more fun route for me. I, I could easily go and, and I could have built one mega car, but I just don't, it's not really my style, you know? No, it's, it has always been kind of weird. Like you look at, um, I remember, oh God, when it would be, be 2014, probably the last time I saw uh, Nakamura drive um, the S13 or the PS13. And it was against Diego Saito in the thousand brake horsepower JZX 100. Um, and I remember watching the runs and just thinking, wow, that's fucking incredible. And then you like, look, look at the spec of that PS and it was just fucking nothing. It was like stock this and that, a, a four, six out of a fucking, some random Nissan Sarah and a fucking, just a, an, an SR20 that was sort of 400 brake horse. It might have been a Yeah, B-knuckle, you know, like fuck all. And then you, you, you do, you look at that and you think, fucking hell, what, what am I chasing? Like... What is anyone but, but, chasing? But if you can afford it, I mean, yeah. I, I, I will say, and this is my, like, I have a 900 horsepower car mm. and it is far more terrifying than any S-body to drive. Yeah. So, like, if you want that experience of, like, every lap I did today, I was like, I'm still alive. I'm still okay. We're still on the track. I don't get that feeling from the S-bodies because I know I'm going to get around the corner. I know it's not going to try and just fire itself off in different directions. So yeah. I think it's down to if you can afford, you know, to have a very expensive car and that's what you're into. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you yeah. should never do is stretch for an expensive car because they just come with an expensive price tag of everything that breaks. And then you end up with your car in your shed for eight months of the year most of the time. So yeah. I think it's, it's like a balance of, as I say, a car should reflect your person and your personality and your, your income. It yeah. shouldn't just be the same for everybody that, that they need the same thing. I think in drifting, especially competitive, everyone's like, well, I have to get a Samsonas. I have to get a 2J. I have to get a Winters. I'm like, how can all of it? Like, I can't afford this stuff. Like a lot of the time, even half as expensive. And I'm going, where are these people getting this money to go? And how could they justify how much enjoyment that's giving them? You know, like yeah, I yeah. said, it's, it's a lot of money. I'm, I'm right in saying there's two Mustangs now, isn't there? One in the BDC and one in Drift Cup. Currently, a yellow and no. Well, there's one in drift one. cup. And was one in drift cup, like blue yeah. and blue and black. I think it is. No, there's a yellow and black one. Is that the one in drift cup? Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. Mid- yeah. And that yellow and black one is like it looks like a re. It's a much better car than I have. Like so, because okay. it's 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 like the newer shape, and they have independent rear suspension, which is like, and that would be amazing compared to a live axle. It, for me, look, for me, like drift, being, cool. being um, working at, at Jack Speed when drift cup was first being you know drummed up by the powers that be. It was going Ali. It was drunk up by yeah. fucking Ali. And then yeah, it was and then going it just got sort of turned into something else. Street, it was going to be virtually streetcars, tire size limits, you know, power limits. And it was going to become almost like what all of us could enter way back when we were all thinking, well, we've all got these spec cars. We've all pretty much run around on 225, 40s. We could always get a little bit more grip by going up to a 235, which was going to be the max. But very quickly that got canned off and they were basically just mini BDC cars that and a, and a lot of them were and some people were competing in BDC cars that have been borrowed back down to people in Drift Cup so they could have essentially be shoehorned up 
the order yeah. to, be, to become BDC driver. I swear, I swear to fuck, if someone took semi slick tyres off me, I'd quit because I like going fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, I swear to fuck. but like two years ago, two or three years yeah. ago, saying we wouldn't have said that. We would no, have said never. budgets. Oh boy. I blame David yeah. Egan because if he hadn't given us those fucking Achilles one, two, three S's, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue. <laughs> I'd have I, just I, been stuck I with it But at the same time, we did an experiment last year, like because we were getting towards, I was getting towards the end of um, of running, like or, or let's say my interest <laughs> and and enthusiasm for running drift competitions in Ireland and the UK. And I was I was like last year when we did the drift games, extreme and nationals, the two championships in Ireland. I was like, yeah, I've always wondered. Like I, I just said, I can experiment with this year and either way, I'm not going to be doing it sort of at the end of this year. So it doesn't really matter. At least for my own sense, I'll know. And we put everybody in the, what well, we would like the equivalent of Drift Cup, say the, the Pro-Am. Oh yeah, you did the Nationals. Didn't we did you? the Nationals and it was all two, up to 265, but it was all what we would call road pattern tires. So like yeah. as in no performance tires, no semi six, nothing. And it was marked, basically. And basically, broke. yeah, basically yeah. just crap. Like, you know, 60 quid tires. And then we were like, okay, we did this. Sorry, we did this in, in the championship before. And then guys started buying like 300 euro a set, like Pirellis. And I was like, this is the... Oh, He's heroes. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, right. So then last year, I was like, well, we have to stop this. So we did like a control <coughs> tire from Westlake, which was like a 50 quid tire. And we were like, let's put everyone on that. And everyone went as usual, ape shit, like, oh, it's a cartel. And we, you know, I get my tires for 49.97, so I'm spending more money. And I was like, okay, we did the championship and it really worked because from my perspective, it was much closer. Everyone was, was much happier and everyone was cheaper. We had like no diffs, no shafts, no, like everything was just no downtime. So, no downtime. And it was a brilliant championship. And it was, it was one, like we were saying, like, I don't, it was one in the last run of the last battle of the last day. And I was like, it just was a perfect little championship. And we didn't live stream it. So nobody could criticize anything that was going on. So I was like, <laughs> it was it was like a really fun vibe. And I was like, maybe that's... Uh, so then when this year, when Eddie Power is going doing Irish Drift Series, mm-hmm. because of COVID and because obviously everything's a, a nightmare, he's just doing three, ra- three rounds on... And all the classes are together and it's on road tires. So uh, that's what me and Josh will be competing in. But it's like mm-hmm. maybe semi-slicks at a European level or a Formula Drift level, sure, or a practice day level. But in competition, it's not for the best guys that it's for the guys that don't have the budget that it sort of, it balances everyone off. And I think it actually just makes a better watch to be honest, because, you know, we had 700 horsepower cars getting, you know, pushed around by three to eight BMWs and the guy in the 700 horsepower still can drive, still can win. It's not the end Mm -hmm. of the world. But it was just about evening it off. And then I think, you know, we were, we, I was experimenting with it. Eddie's experimenting with me this year. So I don't think the formula is there yet all across it. But no. it is nice to see, like, and I said, that's the thing with Drift Cup. If you end up with 800 horsepower cars on, you know, Valinos, um, it's impossible for someone to shine against those cars to a certain yeah. extent because they can't catch them. And if you can't catch them, you can't look good. Like, that's just the way it is. You know, it's not a, that's yeah. the problem. It's like it's leveling, uh, leveling the playing field. the flip field. side of that is you flip side of that you, when you're when you're the, the guy on Bellinas with 700 horsepower and you're chasing in that 328 BMW you're just going to straighten you you're not going to do true. it true true it's not it's very, it's very tough to do because well a lot of people do get lost in the build and start getting crazy like especially with covid as well like everyone's been locked down everyone's coming out with 6 700 horsepower cars now and they're just doing practice day i mean i'm guilty of it by building my SR like the way we did I got well carried away. I didn't need to push over 500 horsepower 
didn't need to, just wanted to, and it was done. And now I cry every time I break it. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine now. It's fine. Shh. No, it's not. fine. Ah, yeah. Not no, 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 no. I've literally parked it up from Teesside and not touched it because if I start the way it, to break. Which is success. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it can't break. Oh, no, that's a lie. I changed the wastegate. I did change the wastegate. Probably a good thing. Well, I, think it, it's, I think like the good thing is that you build the car you want to build or you can afford, yeah. and you do whatever you want with it. I think tire rules are quite. Um, I think they're acceptable at a lower level because yeah. you want to encourage people. I, as I said, I've seen you know in BDC, for example, and over the years, the likes of Matt Walker or these guys who who just like have cars that they spend like what looks like a hundred pounds a year on and they can yeah. still beat everybody in 600 and 700 horsepower cars, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, every time someone gave me the example of that, I'd always say like, this is what I used to hear when I was running BDC that everyone was complaining, oh, all the builds in drift cup are like uh, these 700 horsepower cars and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, well then why are they sending me four eight three two eights every time someone comes up <laughs> in this championship? Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm expecting these monsters to come up, and all I'm getting is like, oh, it's a three two five, three two eight, three two eight is staying. But that's like, the problem. It, it's it's that's the thing. It then reflects. You, you then realise that these people are getting lost in the build, and yeah. getting lost yeah. in the build results in a load of three two eights coming through. Because I was like, how many power. three two eights are we going to? And then we would get like a stock Sephiro. I was like, what? And then, and then I'd see the same, I'd go, like, I'd be on Facebook, I'd see the same post, like, the same weekend if there was a clash, people going, Drift Cup's gone to huge power, and I was like, where are these cars? I was like, I have seen none of this <laughs> stuff. So, so the thing is, it does That's take talent, problem. it does take talent to get there. I don't think, yeah. I don't think you can cheat it by getting a good car. There is a lot of people that have very good cars that mm. if you gave them to James Dean, he probably wouldn't form a drift in, in Ireland or the UK. Yeah. But again, you know, it can compensate for raw talent. And again, that rises to the top either way, I think. Probably. Yeah, well, that's, that's just it. On the on the tyre situation, I remember seeing something at the end of the year, end of last year, because fuck all's happened this year. End of last year, Kieran Hines talking about tyre smoke and uh, sort of along the lines of um, sort of the types of tyres he would like to see people use. Um, and specifically about the amount of tire smoke certain tires produce. And I remember, I mean, the, the, the Westlakes, I say there's some the here, smell. there's some here. Well, yeah, if we, get, if, we, if we ignore the smell and the weird, the weird stuff that comes off them, and we pretend that that's fine. Um, but it was mainly about the amount of smoke and being able to, especially in, comp in competitive drifting, being able to find the car that you're trying to judge in a cloud of fucking We smoke. had an event last year where I think, and I, and I think now if Kieran could look back and design the track differently, it was pretty much a, a very full throttle track everywhere, not much deceleration. And you could see it actually, if it was better to watch it online because you could look at it from four different directions from a camera. Yeah, yeah, follow it around. In the grandstand, you would see them go by and then you'd hear the commentary and that'd be the end of that because you yeah. couldn't see them again from there. And then we were questioning like, yes, it's good for a driver to have grip. Yes, he can be more aggressive. But the thing was, because the day before that we had the Nationals, we could see everything clearly, every dive, every bump, you know, every, every waiver, because the guys were making very little tire smoke. Mm. And then the next day, you couldn't see anything. And mm. yes, it's impressive and loud and all that kind of stuff. But when Dwayne McKeever goes out and drops the hammer, like, you can't see anything. Even if he makes a mistake, you can't see it, because there's just so much smoke everywhere. So it's a case of, I think, 
especially you know as the world becomes and this is like the the, the biggest worry the environmentally friendly world we live in mm-hmm. but like yeah, the yeah. problem with uh, noise was such an issue in drifting because it affects people externally from a, a race circuit mm-hmm. but smoke is now the same issue when it comes yeah. to like Mondello Park in Ireland that today I could see that my car was clouding out the actual main road, like outside the venue with smoke and going into somebody's house. So like eventually it's very difficult for uh, a venue to say, yeah, there's going to be a big massive fog that's going to go over your house every Sunday and you won't be able to see your kids at the end of the garden and you're just going to wander around aimlessly into poles. And they're going to say this is, and then they're going to go, what is it? Oh, it's tire smoke. It's little particles of rubber that are just going to float through your garden and just your children. Will, yeah, sure. And eventually they're like, excuse me. So I think that's the problem. I think eventually semi slicks, like if it's a once off event, like in Europe or, or, or whatever, it's a big thing. Yeah. But if it's every weekend and it's that kind of thing, those 700, yeah. 800 horsepower cars are like pretty bad for that. And yeah. really we, all, we all know the European events, nobody really cares there, truthfully. It's like, let's just get the event on. But, but even, if you have, yeah. even if you have like a circus, anything that's in the town for one time yeah. only. Yeah you'll get away with it because yeah. by the time they've formulated a complaint, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you're a Teesside or a Lydon or whatever, you can't run away the next Monday. You have to answer the question. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not a case that you can just pack the track up and go somewhere else. <laughs> but I think that's, yeah. that's going to be an issue down the line. I think it's probably an issue already, to be yeah. honest. Of like yeah. small I, tires it's, get, it's certainly getting there because, I, you know, like even I remember sort of, you know, a 200 brake horsepower, when I first started, 200 brake horse on like some 10 year old shit tires that I'd got from some guy down the road for a couple of quid, I wouldn't be making a great deal of smoke, but I'd, I'd certainly be drifting and having fun. And then, and then now it's like a completely different kettle of fish and the car's filling with smoke. Even if you really, I mean, I remember in Formula Drift, not last year, the year before, they'd made like plugging up all the little holes in the car to stop smoke from getting inside the car. They'd made that a big deal. Um, and I think the year previous to that as well. But even still, like if you go out of your way to plug every single fucking hole in your car entirely, you still end up with smoke gathering into the vehicle. But I, um, but I think like venues are not caring whether you are in Oh the yeah, no, fuck, yeah, yeah. fuck the drivers. <laughs> They're like, they can fuck die all the they want in the car. But it's a case of it's a case of the people outside that are going to have oh, an yeah, issue with yeah, it. Yeah. So with Driftmasters, for example, last year in Mondello, we switched back to that other scary track with the roundabout mm. simply because where the God, other normal good. track, where the other normal track is, is too smoky and close to the road. So it was right. like we were afraid that you know you get to three o'clock and the police come in and go, yeah, you can't just have people crashing into each other out on the main road because they yeah. can't see anything. So, do you, do you, do you remember years ago, the, uh, there was a firework display just off the M6 and after like four or five years of going to court, the organizers of the firework display, they, so there was a crash on the M6 goes through the middle of England and they'd um, like two people had died, multiple um, collisions, but two people had died. And after four or five years of court and all the, all the rest of it, they decided it was, I think, it, I think it's called corporate manslaughter or some shit like that, but they were essentially, they'd found them responsible for the deaths of two people from a firework display that had created a lot of smoke. And it, it resonated with me. And I, it remind, I, I am reminded of this every time you do see like a, like from Buxton, a plume of smoke will yeah. disappear off the, it does across make it the main road. road and you think, as well. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I think I think when it comes to drifting, and I, and I, and I would say, from being so, I would say in the conversations of where it's going and what's happening in many different conversations, um, it's not long for the world at the high level. I would say, or like it's very like the groupie rallying where like yeah. you know there's a hundred people standing in front of an Audi Quattro, and everyone at the time was like, this is all just part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now you look back, this is go, the fun. <laughs> yeah, this is the fun, and now it's like a bullfight. And then you go, now you go, well, that's insane. Yeah, I still think they look back on you know, in 10, 15 years ago, you were just burning tires into the sky <laughs> for <laughs> no reason. Are you mad? <laughs> might as well be a hundred people turn up with ten tires each every day and set fire. It was a tire fire. It was like, oh, we went to Latvia and we burned six hundred tires into the forest over a weekend. And people cheered it. And it was like, oh, wow, that sounds like a crazy really? And people paid us to do it. This is insane. Yeah. And they, yeah, were, and I, they just uh, burned the tires and throwing them away. There was no need for it. And it made them no faster. God, yeah, fuck. I mean, this is the thing. What if they uh, retrospectively eventually go, come after people for, for this shit? Like, but I think, I think the thing is, it's now, it's in its, it's in its glory years of we can get away with it for the moment. Let's have fun with it for the moment. And I think it's, Drifting is also, as we mentioned earlier, it's on this, like, it's got a limited lifespan. And then so have the cars, so have the yeah. builds, so have, you know, even the, the people into the sport who are, mm. you know, getting to a point in their life where eventually they won't drift anymore. And that's the mm. kind of, you hope new people will come through. And I think it's a, it's a, it's like, this is the glory years. That's the way I looked at it. That's why yeah. I'm like, that's why I'm just, dri like, I think we'll, you, you never know the glory years until you look back on them. So yeah. like, nobody in groupie rallying went, well, this is the greatest thing ever. It'll never yeah. be better than this. They had no idea. Yeah. So I think that's where you got it. And that's why I decided, you know, running all these championships. I just want to go drive. I want to just enjoy the sport on the ground. I want to go shred yeah. some tires. I want to do all this before I've run 5,000 events and then it's all over and I never got to do any of it myself. Yeah. It would be like, it's be like a sort of a shame. So that was kind of the idea yeah. of getting back driving. You've, again. you've facilitated everyone else's fun, but you've missed out in the process. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and to be honest with you, driving <laughs> is a lot of fun. It's the fun part of, of drifting. Like running an mm. event is not as fun as driving at it. That's oh, the simple fact. And like you guys, are you, and it, are you doing RDC this year? Then you and Josh. Well, I whatever it's called. IDS, or, yeah. So yes. Uh, IDS, yeah. Because I, 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 I read it as my dyslexic brain as IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. That's not the same. <laughs> it could not be the, the same. same thing. No. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's, uh, no, it's Irish drifting. Me and Josh are going to do it this year. So, and it's funny because he was going to jump into Pro-Am. I was going to jump into Pro. And now it's all the one class. So me and Josh are in the same class. So we're just going to have a bit of fun with it, enjoy it, and just have a, have a laugh. Like, I mean, we don't really care about winning. That's not really what we're in it for. We yeah, just want to yeah, have a good time. Like I mean, I just want to beat Josh. That's pretty much the only reason I would want to go into it. So I was like, as long as you leave doesn't... our team member alone. Yeah, his his yeah. his low origin, his low origin. Yeah, low origin. Got, yeah, yeah. It got lost in the post. Um, unlike unlike that guy in in Russia who um, he, he, he just made he had, his own livery. He, he he had no subtlety. He was like, <laughs> he messaged us like, look at this. I make, <laughs> I make this. This is okay, isn't it? Like, I don't know yet. I have to ask. <laughs> I have to ask the internet whether this is okay. I asked the internet and it couldn't be more divisive. People were, people were saying, shut the fuck up. You don't own that livery. It's not like you paid for that livery to be designed painstakingly over four years, solidly by different designers. You don't own that. You just give that to anyone. Shut the fuck up, Alex, you fucking prick. And then you have the, an equal amount of people who are going, 
right, I'm going to get you a, a solicitor, right? We'll find you a solicitor. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get the guy sued, right? And uh, we'll stop. Orders. <laughs> he speaks <Yeah>. Russian. <laughs> but, the, but this is the thing. It was, it was an equal amount of people who were just like, this is, you're a dickhead, it, but this is fine. And, I can, and you know the, what? Honestly, I can actually see that from both perspectives quite. Yeah. yeah. I, I the think, only thing know, I'm sour about, there's only one thing I'm sour about that Russian dude, is his low origin logo is better than our low origin oh, logo. Oh yeah, well better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, and, I'm uh, pretty all, pissed off about that. But, the, but then the hologram, the hologram shit was supposed to be for this year. We were supposed to do it. the hologram stuff. And, and he just did it. <laughs> yeah, he did he read our he, minds and done he's, it. He's one, eventually, he will be the trendsetter of low origin, <laughs> and then you guys will have to follow what he's doing because I yeah. <laughs> pay yeah. him for his designs. Yeah. Sorry, mate, <laughs> yeah. just send me your livery. <laughs> but then you start wondering, like, because he, because I think a lot of it was lost in translation. I genuinely think that, like, he, he made out like he didn't know, it sounds terrible saying this, he didn't know who we were. He's followed us since 2017, according to Instagram. And he's, he said, oh, I, I didn't know that this was your livery when I bought the livery from this guy. And he gave us the details of this but, guy. But to be honest, I've seen it, especially in the Middle East. Like, I have walked up to Phil Morrison's S15. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, orange yeah. with <laughs> driftworks down the side. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. You, you'll just say to someone like, oh, is this... <laughs> Knowing we'll full well it's not. Is, is this Phil Morrison's old car? And he's like, no. And I was like, you do know who it's Phil Morrison right. is? And he'll go, who? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's just That's Googled fine. S15. Yeah. 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 Orange S15 with Driftworks has come up. He said, just do that. And then yeah, you yeah, ask, yeah. he has no idea who Driftworks are as a company or who Phil Morrison is. And you're like, well, no harm done there because he didn't even know he was impersonating somebody. Yeah, I know. It's, it, yeah. You know, it, it is fine. It is fine. Yeah, it and doesn't bother me at all. I, I was only sort of like, uh, it was just weird. I just, it was just initially very, very weird. And I didn't know whether it was normal. I don't know what I mean by normal. Of course it's normal. Know. Now we can go to Russia and drive an A31 Sephira because he's part of our team. And imitation so, is I, the best form of flattery too. So like exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's fine. Look at Josh's like MX5. Look, I was just about to say, look at stupid Josh's MX5. And then someone even copied him. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> we've got this crazy Russian doll, fucking low origin scenario yeah. going on. For where does this end? Where does it end? And inside all of it, we're we're all inside an A31 in Moscow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest, just all in Russia. Yeah. You just keep Russia. popping out S14, Comrade. S15, yeah. MX5, like a Suzuki yeah, that... ca a cappuccino at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, in the boot. Yeah. That was the yeah. thing that killed it so much. Is that I think I think it's because it looks so fucking good. That's that's, the that's bit but that's that the thing. Kills like, it. People people imitate. Um, people do it, or at least aim to imitate. This is my perception of your, let's say, team or brand. It, like you guys are so big on aesthetics so like it's basically the, the problem with aesthetics is it's a lot of work to have in aesthetics so people have the the image in their head like i'll just go you know lower the car to the ground put some dishy wheels on it bing bang put some flames here we go and there's a lot more yeah there's a lot more but if you get any one of those pieces not quite right you have a yeah. terrible car like a terrible <laughs> yeah. looking car yeah, so it's very kind of quickly a, very easily it's a whole package and i think that like obviously your cars get quite a lot of internet attention. People who are looking for inspiration, naturally, like again, let's be honest, like some of the stuff we do, like, like Josh's car, I wouldn't say in his head, he immediately 
wanted a low origin car but subconsciously he obviously had watched those colors and gone now to be fair he'd only mentioned them like I, he didn't know the car was being done yellow and purple so he only just mentioned it as a kind of a i'd probably do yellow and purple and i went well that's all he said to me and i can't yeah, ask him yeah. so i just gotta do it but at the <laughs> same time even the graphics on the car from our designer is very similar to you know 2000s japan but then very similar to animal style and everyone's feeding off each other it all is isn't it yeah if you go for if you go for a completely original style it's horrendous because someone has done <laughs> has has never done it for a reason before yeah so it, it's what happens and yeah. if you go totally out of the box you're worse off so i think people will look at cars like you guys have and go if i can do something similar it's a safe bet because yeah. i know their cars turned out nice so at least if i do something like that it'll or if you look at animal style or you look at anything at super yeah. d you go yeah. look if i do something along those lines it's going to look cool and people will think it's cool so it's it's like flattery and i think that it's a good thing. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, as you guys would say, I always say that you guys would be quite critical of terrible looking cars, but then you don't want cars looking like your cars. I was like, you got to pick one or the other. You got to <laughs> yeah, pick, pick one side one, or the yeah. other. Pick one. Yeah, pick one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, this is the thing. Irish drifting, though, a lot of the comp cars, they've spent a lot of time to make oh, yeah. them look really pretty outstanding. Like, you get, you get, uh, it, I'm not saying that the UK is terrible. There's some great looking cars, but as a whole, I think, uh, Ireland really hit the mark, especially when it comes to competitions of how great the cars look. I think that might have been down to us saying, like, if your car looks shit, we're just not going to take photos and videos of it because oh, yeah. nobody wants to look at it. Like, only, only you want to look at your car or photos of your car unless it's a pretty car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. at the end of the day, if you have a shit car and people go, why is there no photos of me? I'm like, because nobody cares except you driving yeah. that car. And if it's a sport where, as you guys would probably be more so leaning towards 50% driving, 50% looking cool driving. Yeah. It would be kind of a case of saying that a lot of people will weigh that the wrong way and say, well, I'm doing 95% driving, but nobody cares about how the car looks. And I think it's in Ireland, I used to kind of say that to the guy saying, well, I'm not going to be, I don't have any, like as an organizer, I don't have any right to make you famous or make your car, you know, get loads of attention. Like that's not my job. I'm not your PR manager. But if your car is awesome and it benefits the championship to have photos of it out there, well, then we will. So then you could see a change then. Because when I started in Irish Shifting, it was not the case. There was a lot of very bad cars. So um, it's, and then there's a sort of- yeah, a do, you hear that? do you hear that island? David Egan is taking full responsibility for all good looking cars no, in I think, Irish Shifting. I think what happened was a couple of guys built nice cars. They got so much attention. The yeah, other guys yeah, were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, I've, if I've spent so much money, I, the last 10% just get it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is pretty much exactly what happened. I mean, it, it's it's almost like a byproduct where we sort of essentially realized like, oh, no way. Like people, people want to get involved with us, like either as a sponsorship or as just people wanting to get involved with us. And we're not the best drivers, but, but the cars look good and the driving sort of makes sense. And the, the more we progressed, the more it made sense. And... Some people did get frustrated with that. And, you know, I, I remember people saying like, well, why the fuck is Alex like in BDC at all? He's like, his car isn't competitive. Why is he, why is he here? Um, but then we would, is a good we, would question. Share, we would, we would simply do it. Like you would go, like you could go to Teesside and you couldn't, you, you maybe didn't even qualify or you did one lap. Mm. but we still have more photos like i go through the dropbox at the end of the weekend and still have more photos of your car than the guy who came fourth and when yep. we would put those out on social media 
this is not to blow smoke, but I'm saying we put them on social media, they would get a better reaction. So I was like, it's a static photo. It, it, no one's going to go, well, that's not a competitive, you know, they can't tell. It's just a yeah. photo. So I think yeah. there was an element there of you guys accepting that. I think very much, to be honest, I would take that Josh and I are doing a very similar thing of saying, let's just really have fun. and Have fun. And have fun. And that's our thing rather yeah. than competitive. Because again, we're not the most competitive guys, even to be truthful, we're not the most competitive guys. We don't really care about winning. We just want to have as much fun as possible and have a good yeah. time and take the piss. So I was like, let's just do that. And then there's no losing in that. Like, we can always have a good weekend. We can always have a good time. And a lot of people seem to be very interested, in, as you said, in partnerships or sponsorships because we're just having a good time all the time. And we're not on yeah. the internet going, what a load of shit, fun car broke, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're just yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's fun all the time. And anytime one of us gets a bit serious about it, we'll, we'll knock it out of each other and go, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's keeping yourself semi-grounded, but remembering that you are in this for the fun. Yeah. And as soon as the fun stops... Stop. Spend more stop. money. <laughs> Polybush. <laughs> Polybush thing. I'd like to say that there are any polybushes there, and there aren't. That, that's just... That's, that's what happens when you take all of the sort of ancillary bits of metal off your car. You give them to a powder coaters. Shout out... Um, metal finish metal masters. Finish masters. <laughs> yeah. um, you give them to pa powder coaters and say, "Yeah, just paint them. Just paint them. Just powder coat them like whatever color you want. Like yellow's pretty good, isn't it?" <laughs> that's a, that's like a, that's a lot of yellow parts. Mm. It looks good though. It looks great. It looks ground. great. There's a it hell of a lot of yellow. Rust. It looks better than rust. Um, yeah, it does oil. look much better than rust. But, rust um, is a poor color. Yeah, it's a fucking awful color. I feel, I almost feel bad about, I mean, I've got loads of rusty bolts that I have to attach all of this with now. And I feel like I need to like find somewhere that I can buy like new, new nuts and bolts. What you, what like, you need to do is go, fucking go, buy back that, to the powder, go back to the powder coat guy and just hand him a massive shopping bag of rusty nuts and go, <laughs> I want them to be sparkling yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking sparkling yellow. Jesus Christ. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe I could actually get them. No, I, I'm thinking too much into this. Yeah. yeah, build your fucking car, you useless bastard. I will, I, I will, I will. The, 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 fun, the fun happens once the builds... Well, to be fair, I'm a BDC Pro 2 driver now, so it doesn't matter anymore. You are, you are. Yeah. Are, you ex are you excited for your BDC Pro 2 um, debut? debut uh, no, I which... just wanted to drive my car. You that did was, that, like, that was... the other day. What? You did that the no, other day. No, but there's no like practice days or anything like that. I was like, uh, well, I just, I, I, I just go compete. I guess that would be. I'm okay up until they start live streaming it. Then I'll suck massive balls and that gets memed the hell out of. Um, yeah. Then I'll cry a little bit. But, but as long then, as you don't, fun. as long as you don't take yourself too seriously, it'll be fine. I don't. <laughs> but uh, you, you can take, you can, you can still like, in competition. Like there's nobody who does competition, and I don't, I don't believe it when they say. Oh, I didn't really give a shit anyway. I'm like, you line up on the fucking start line and you're going to yeah, go, you don't give, give a it. shit. You, every single human being. Yeah. Like, if, I, if you're, if you're, uh, if someone rolled the ball to you on a basketball court and said, just take one shot, it doesn't matter a bit in your life, but you're still going to sit there going, concentrating, wanting to make the shot. Yeah. So, like, you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, you're gonna for sure. You're gonna, and it's going to be fun. But the thing is, once you finish being on the track, that's when you have to switch back off again. It's just in the zone for a little while and it's a good buzz i think competition it's yeah, one, one of the reasons why totally I here. don't think i'd be able to do competing because i take it way too seriously and i think it'd take a bit of the fun out of it looking backwards like because obviously my entire time i've been drifting all i've done is drive with alex dan 
and well, now I think I've only driven with Danny like a handful of times, but well, all of my drifting has been fun-based driving, and I know as soon as I lined up to compete, coming from doing competitions in the past and wanting to fucking yeah, win everything, regard no matter what it is, it would take. I think it wouldn't in the time at the time it wouldn't take the fun out of it, but then looking back, I'd be like, "But well, I remember doing all this with my friends and having a laugh, and then now I'm yeah. like, fuck you, guy, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you." Kind of. I, I, think, uh, I think I think I think you're probably right, Dan, in saying it. But I think that the Irish mentality for that for a very long time was, you know, it. The, this was the difference I found between Irish drifting and UK drifting. Like Irish guys were super competitive just in the car, but outside of the car, everything was about partying yeah, yeah. and having yeah. having a laugh. Like yeah. in fact, most of them compete as an excuse to get away from, you know, the missus and go drinking for a weekend and have fun. Yeah, they literally, they, they compete just for the party after. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. so if you're going, you know you're going to the party either way, you, you can't really that. lose on the track yeah, because yeah, yeah. either one, you're on the beer earlier or you're on it later because you've got on the mm. podium. Whereas yeah. I think sometimes in the UK, the guys were very focused on, uh, what I found just a difference culturally was when I competed in BBC, people would just talk very much about the actual cars, the setups, the track, that kind of stuff. Whereas on an Irish grid, yeah. they generally more take the piss, like everyone's like slagging each other off and like everyone's taking, you know, it almost relaxes everybody. Mm. Even our start line marshal takes the piss out of people, which, mm. you know, it's not as super serious. And I think that I always said, no matter what way you take it seriously or not, it doesn't matter. Once you come off the start line, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, there's no way what you're thinking beforehand, you go, oh, yeah, I forgot I was going to win or I was going to try and win. You know what I mean? It's just once it happens, it happens. So it doesn't really matter all the talking about it. And I think that, you know, if you take it as a very fun thing to do, which it is. And I always said yeah. to the boys in, in briefings that imagine you're at Jaff Fest and there's 10,000 people here watching you, right? And all 10,000 of them would do what you're doing right now if you offered it to them to yeah. be out on the track. And then you're sitting in the car being miserable. There's a very wrong message there, like of what's I'd going probably on. Just, I'd, I'd probably shit my pants and like sweat a little bit and get cry a little bit. But that's yeah, another but story. But it's good though. I think I think pushing yourself to the limit is a good thing in drifting and being a bit nervous and a bit, you know, because you get that buzz if you do pretty well out of it. You'll be happy if you got a good qualifying run in. It's a great relief, you know. Yeah, you don't get that at a practice day as such, you know. Yeah. I, I remember yeah, yeah. the first time I did the first time I did Silverstone, and I'd never I'd never been I'd never even been to Silverstone. I'd seen it on like F1 and stuff, and I was, I think a lot of that was fucking years ago. That would be like 2011, um, and I remember being more nervous because I was at Silverstone than I was yeah because of anyone else or anything else that was going on. I was like. It felt like, I don't want to say hallowed ground because everyone says shit like that, but like, um, really? it just felt weird. Like you're driving around on Silverstone. Like I've seen F F1 on the telly here and like it's... It's like um, <clears throat> Danny last year when he got to do Goodwood. Oh, that yeah. Yeah, again, uh, another, like another to get like invited iconic to do, track. Yeah, to do Goodwood. With, like they've had very, very high level drivers there in the past. Yeah, but old little old Danny with his big massive wing got to drive Bidwood. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a hilarious video the other day of uh, all of the the best and worst um, like donuts that they do at the guy's house. You know, they turn around like at the top end. Yeah, yeah. They all queue oh up. yeah. God, man, there's some people with some money. 
Like, there's some cars there that are just like, they're dropping the fucking cut and they're just, you're like, oh my God, this is going to go terribly wrong, terribly wrong, terribly wrong. And there's some, I mean, 90% of them, epic. But there's that 10% where you're just like, is it, that, is it that Stavros video where loads of lads with fucking... Uh, was it Stavros? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. No, uh, they, no. they, they just, they just come in and, and like in like a fucking Group B no, start-offs uh, or some shit. And then they, the they classic just... classic rally thing in the Alps. This is at Goodwood. There's a, there's oh, like that a... was fucking embarrassing, though. It was just yeah. like loads of incredible classic rally cars. And half, half of them just got crashed up this curb into a roundabout. <laughs> like they'd come in and go, I'm going to fucking do a drift or whatever. In this classic, like, working but classic Group B rally car, and they just fucking smashed straight into a roundabout. And you're like, well, like video, loads yeah, of yeah. them did it. Loads of them did it. Like, who the fuck are you thinking? Like, this is sacrilege. Um, but I mean, if you're not going to crash a Group B rally car, what's the point in having a Group B rally car? Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, how about we answer some questions from the? We internet? haven't had any questions. Nobody. Like, there's eight people that watch this. Loads. Oh, we've had questions. Loads. Loads. That's just off Instagram. Uh, These are just for David. Oh, jeez. I'm going to read the ones off here. I feel like they're all just going to be really controversial now. I remember you mentioned to Dan uh, at at Buxton how you enjoyed the controversies of the podcast. And I thought, get you on the podcast. How likely is he to put himself into a position where he's likely to be sued by someone? No, I, I think to me it was, it's like there was a different, like a year ago, well, let's, let's put Driftmasters to the side, but it's like when you represent uh, an entire nation's sport at times, yeah. it's a lot more difficult to be yourself because you yeah, know that yeah, your yeah. opinion, when at the moment I would say my European position is so like vast that like nobody knows who I am in Lithuania or whatever. So when you're there or Latvia. So in Ireland, England, it's very personal, but at least mm. if you're just representing yourself and your own opinions, I don't mind that too much. I'm very opinionated, but for six years I had to kind of go, well, yeah, yeah. It, it's like the IDC letters are shouting back at something. I was like, that's not, that's not the case. So it's easier now to answer questions than it was before. Don't say that. People will get really fucking angry. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I, I always... Like this, 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 a lot of these are, fun. I mean, I won't read out, there's repeat, I mean, I could read out how many people have written, how do you get a machine to do that, but in an Irish accent, over and over and over again? Uh, how many people have said that? Three people have said that, four people have said that. Um, I don't get the reference, I honestly don't. Oh, it's I the, obviously it's the guy something. driving up a road in Ireland, and it's someone's just done manges all the way up. And oh, yeah, he goes, yeah. How do you get him? I'm not going to do the accent because I'll. That's racist! Yeah, that is racist <laughs> in this, this current climate. So, but he says, anyway. How do you get a machine to do that? Yeah. How, how do you get a machine, a machine to, to, to do that? Do that? Um, okay, well, so we'll ignore those. Um, uh, next one is oh, uh, from a guy called E30 Scumbag. Do your best Irish impression. We'll get through the silly ones first. Mm. You want me to do my best Irish impression? I was like, that's an easy brilliant. one. Brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Just that was good. That was good. Nailed it. You know, the BBC uh, taught me to say three instead of three. Like, that literally was <laughs> from the BBC. Listening to Kieran say three over and over and over again and go, three. He means three. He means three. And then he would say one, as in, like, the name of a Spanish person. 
like you know, <laughs> what I mean? it was like Juan. Juan, one, two, three, and it was like right. So then I said, I'm just going to say three from now on. And then obviously it's helped me because I went to, to Europe and they're like, oh, thank God you don't say tree because nobody would have any idea what you're talking about. You do what you did at BBC. They put a tree on clip three. That I mean, made sense. They, they made yeah. an inflatable like version of my accent. So I had to change it after that. I was like, that's yeah. a lot of effort. <laughs> clip tree. That's racist and I don't appreciate um, it. This, this, this ether scumbag guy did have an actual question. It says, is it true you need a race license to skid a Mondello or can I just fucking rock up, bro? Uh, you need uh, a driver's license or a competition license, like from drifting. Oh. So that's, that's, that's the yeah. rules. Simply because... Um, if you have a driver's license, you have some confidence behind the wheel. And right. if you have a drift license, you have done a licensing day, which means you're not a danger to yourself or others. So basically right. what we don't want is someone at 14 rocking up that's never used a clutch before and fireballing into James Dean's Eurofighter. And uh, good content, bad good. relationships. Great content. <laughs> yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ. I think, I think or maybe we do want that. that. Maybe, maybe we do, but James doesn't want that. So I was like, which will have a level of confidence there. I'll be right in saying at a time, Buxton didn't even ask for driving licenses. At no, they didn't. They didn't. Like, they, they, we, we could, they, they'd never admit to that. We'd never talk about <laughs> yeah. that or admit that. But about, yeah, about 2010, yeah. 2010 to 2012, um, it was £10. You, yeah. you drove through the gate. It was £10 for the weekend. And then you drifted all day and all night. And then you drove home in the same car if it was yeah. still looking like a car, even if it wasn't looking like even a car. If it was, even if it was T-boned by your best mate in an RB25, 14, and the rear wheel was snapped off. I drove home, though, didn't I? I still drove home. <laughs> anyway, um, next one. What are this, I'm not going to... The people on Instagram have really fucking weird names. Like, I can't read this, this name. Anyway, the question is, what do you think of the Red Bull Drift Shifters and, is, and, and its impact on drifting? Drift Shifters? Um, oh, it's going to be Drift Shifters. Yeah, I, I can't actually, I'm I working that, on... I saw that in Liverpool last year. Yeah, I'm working on Drift Shifters at the moment. So um, as part of something with Red Bull, but it's, uh, there is some tasty venues, uh, which the good thing about Red Bull Drift Shifters is, is it going to replace competitive drifting? No. Why does it exist? Because it's a marketing uh, endeavor. It's, and the other reason is that you can do it kind of in places that you would never hold a drift event. Like you, you, can, you would never have a drift event in the middle of a city because you need some element of speed and that's a, that's a big problem. Whereas if you have drift shifters, it can be a little slower, a little bit tidier. You don't even need corners really to get it done. So it's sort of like bringing drifters and an element of drifting to people, which I don't think regular drifting can. So it's a good thing for drifting. Is it going to be the future of drifting in terms of what we like and competitive stuff? I don't think so, but I think it's more like a showcase. It it's a bit like when they, drive, when they drive the Formula One cars down like the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's to promote Formula One and hear the cars and look how cool it is. They're not going to go, yeah, let's just race up and down this road, 20 cars, and that's the race. You know what I mean? Yeah, so and it's that's like, the race. That's F1. Yes, that's F1. <laughs> Straight up and down, and really sharp hairpin, and then back up the straight again. Only really a company like Red Bull could have got that event to be that really couldn't they? yeah it does it does make a lot of sense i i i enjoyed it it looked great um it, it makes it easier going, ten miles that kind of a, well that kind of event makes it easier for a total novice who has no idea what drifting is to understand because like oh there's zones there and he just goes through that and he gets this amount of points it's not a judged kind of thing yeah so it makes yeah. like from an outside person looking in it's just like okay cool, that, that's simple i, I can give you a little a little bit of a 
let's say, behind the scenes uh, insights. Exclusive. exclusive. But the, basically what's happened is Red Bull, who have now come on board with Driftmasters, uh, have, for, as a partnership for a long-term partnership, uh, don't own it, but I'm not a partner either in terms of a sponsor, but they're a partner in terms of media production for TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they also had the opinion, because we're like drifters, we understand what's going on. They were like, how does anyone know what the hell is going on here? So they have now designed a system which has been two years in development with Driftmasters, and it is the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened to drifting competitively, and it's going to be debuted in five weeks in Riga, which is essentially... Uh, so it gets rid of all of your dodgy judging because it is going to be. I'll just give you a little tidbit of what it's capable of. Is uh, it the so fucking? I'll, is it the fucking drift box? From, yeah. So basically, the drift, the drift box, the drift box doesn't work because it's a satellite-based system, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. this is basically the cars are 3D scanned from top to bottom at the event. They have a certain box in them. Then the mm-hmm. track has 80 uh, radar kind of things i don't yeah, know yeah. what's going on the german guys doing this is very complicated and basically they can tell within a centimeter if you're in the clipping box or not the speed the right. angle but what's even more important it doesn't judge for the judges what it does is it gives you comparisons so when you say someone enters a corner at speed mm. their speed is green or red or yellow and if they're in the chase position it's red you can see that he was slower than him and at the end of it they show you how many clips they got the percentage of clips that speed their average angle average speed and this puts it all head to head then it puts it all into a data logger so eventually james dean can go to a track his entire practice is all data logged so when he gets to his uh qualifying you'll be able to go he should be scoring a 92 here based on practice What's he going to do? So it's like F1. So it's crazy. And yeah. I don't even know how half of it works, but basically that's, me and Ian have so much information. Brilliant. And the judges are kind of going to be more along the lines of saying, um, you know, they have their opinions, but it's very backed up by what yeah. they can see in terms of the staff. Yeah. So it's trying to take away that real ambiguity of like, oh, the judges are always going for this guy or that guy or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting. And it's come from shifters. So that's how shifters has affected it. Right. Okay. That it, they've come into shifters. They've had a team there saying, Do you know what? We could take this to the next level and do this. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be working in five weeks' time. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it'll be like a, watching like Street Fighter. So as live, as the car is going through clips, you will see the speed, the angle, how much percentage is in the clip, how much mm-hmm. cl- speed, distance there are between the two cars. And then at the end of the run, it'll analyze all that so you can see it on the screen. And it's like pretty mental, which it makes it very, very consumable as well. From like That's, a watching perspective, you could yeah, sit there, no idea what drifting is and what the achieve, you know, what the achievement is, and see a side by side comparison between those two drivers and say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it, and I think the thing is, we're, we're always concentrating so much on drifting, getting out to the public, but that's a bit of a lie. I think people who run drift championships like I have done or Matt Stevenson or whoever, realistically are trying to keep the people involved right. in drifting happy. Yeah. Uh, whereas Red Bull are like, we don't give a shit about that. We just want everyone in the world to watch this. And that's probably... You'll get new drivers. We'll that's a, that's get prob- new- no, it's probably the right attitude in the long it run. It is, yeah. No, like, that is 100% right. Yeah, I, and, and stop trying yeah. to feed, like keep feeding the people they already have and try and get new people in. And they said, well, nobody knows what the hell is going on here. So we'll make a system that everybody can understand. And I think that's a big step in the right direction. Yeah, that's that sounds like... I mean, the drift box thing, hardly anyone ever remembers that because it was such a weird 
I mean, that was implemented sort of like 2003 to 2008. No, but hold on. Did, didn't, um, didn't FIA use it in the Drift Cup in Japan like last year? And didn't D1 really? use, yeah, D1 used yeah. it up until very recently. I think they still use it. But it's so fucking... It's it, so you, can use, you can drive on like crab angle objective. and yeah. uh, in the chase position like 17 cars back and still outscore the guy because you're on more angle. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of flaws. You're still having that looked at by a judge and they're then going... Fuck that data. That's dog shit. Yes. That fucking yeah. So basically, why we have like in Drift Masters, the system is it, it's very easy on a qualifying run. It's very easy on a straight up battle. But mm. when someone hits someone, you know, he's you know he slow down too much or he'd speed up too much, whatever. That's the thing. That, it, yeah. A judge will come in for that particular part. But then from the basics of it, it'll just on most runs, let's say eighty percent of drifting you've watched, you can tell who's won at the end of the run fairly simply. Yeah. And then twenty yeah. percent, which are like I'm not so sure. And then the judges come into that twenty percent, not just like giving you the obvious every time. Yeah, yeah. Well there's 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 very often a, like a gray area between um commentating and judging, I find. In different championships, the the judging and the commentating is a bit of a gray area. And sometimes you feel like especially when you're watching one of your mates and you're like, that was a fantastic run. And the commentators are saying, that was fucking shit. And you're like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Let the judges fucking decide. Shut the, oh, it was shit. It was shit. Yeah. From doing it for so long, I went judging because it made me a better commentator because I can go, there's no point in me going, setting someone up like, well, there it is. He's definitely won it. We're going to just go to the judges to see why he's won it. And then he goes, well, actually, the other guy won it. And it just literally crucifies <laughs> yeah, them yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to have a little bit of... And what we, me and Ian do quite a bit is I'll say, if it's a 50-50 call, Ian, uh, I'll go one way, you go the other way. Even if you don't believe what you're talking about. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just go 50-50. So Somebody in yeah. this tower was right. <laughs> yeah. So I always say, just go one way or the other. And then the judges, at least it's not a surprise one way or the yeah, other, yeah, whatever yeah, happens. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. trying to keep... keep but this, this system, I'm like super pumped on because it's like you know it's like the new toy right it's like yeah. something that yeah, we, yeah. we've been doing the same thing over and over again for a long time now this is like mm. something new so i'm kind of pumped on it well it sounds um it sounds fucking ideal it sounds also like everything very, you'd want very, it to be very expensive and i, I could imagine yeah if i was if i was about, if i told you how what the budgets were for behind that you wouldn't even believe it would probably run bbc for 12 years i'd say wow <laughs> i just don't leave that equipment in the back of your van at teesside um <laughs> That's a good point. You imagine. You know, you imagine. Yeah, they actually be on Facebook Marketplace within an hour. Yeah, Uh, Red Bull uh, drift system for judging. Uh, Going cheap, cash on delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Comes with a free crate of Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. um, Next. Next question. We'll 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 rattle on through these. Um, I think this is the end of the stupid ones. Um, Oh no, this is a stupid one. This is from High Chance on Instagram. Uh, Why can't you control your hands? Oh, this is this is my my like presenting thing. You know, it's I don't know what where that's come from, but the problem is is that it came from tel- Talladega Nights, obviously. Obviously, it's really yeah. yeah, that's where it's it came it, from. It is like what I'm saying is if okay, everyone's like you move your hands around a lot. I was like, yeah. I said, well, what else would I do with them? Put them in my pockets, and then I'd be like, I yeah. seem so disinterested in everything that's happening. I'd just be standing yes, there going, exactly. I'd be like, and I, and I think that the difference is that uh, drift, I, Americans do this all the time and it's no issue because mm. you expect Americans to be quite, you know, flamboyant yeah. and, mm. you know, presentery and whatever. Whereas English and Irish people, especially in drifting, are very reserved and very sort of, I don't want to look stupid. So it's just so 
night and day to what other people do. But I just do it because I, I feel it gives some uh, enthusiasm to what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, that's the only reason. And it is funny. I mean, you don't it's, have to actually justify why no, you move funny. your hands around. It's funny, I but mean, I, I, I get, I get it so, like, not, like, no matter how much the internet will do it, the boys in, like, my team never <laughs> stop. Like, they're just like, they, there's a sketch show, oh, what was it, Michelin, uh, Michelin Web? Michelin Web, that Michelin and they Web have, look. They have, they have one where it's like the guy uh, is doing some, some history program where he, it, like, does his hands like this. And your man's like, just less hands. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually <laughs> they have to straight jacket him, like, down so that he's presenting without his hands going over it. It's a good, it's a good sketch. You should look it up. You should, I mean, it, I, I wouldn't suggest you did that because, you know, I think the hands, the, the hands maketh the, 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 it's the thing. I don't even. Sometimes yeah. I don't even know I'm doing it. It's like I, to be fair, I've never noticed it. I've, someone said that. That, that I, I've never even. I've, I've seen the comments, but I'm like, mm. yeah, I noticed it. Um, <laughs> at least they don't go look at his stupid head. So I'm like, the hands are fine. And maybe I'm just, <laughs> I'm distracting away from everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Distract from <laughs> yeah. everything else. Look over here. I was like, <laughs> don't look at me. Um, okay. Um, so semi-serious questions. Um, Okay, so again, I wish people would just have a fucking name on Instagram. GGA.ADAGDAAP890. Put a I mean, name on it or something. Um, how much horsepower does the 180 slash 240 have? I, I, that's a good question. Um, it originally had, I think, 490, and then the wastegate broke, or whatever wastegates do, stuck, stick, wastegate stick. And yep. then we put another wastegate on it, and that wasn't mapped for it. So we had to just run it on wastegate pressure in Buxton last year. And then there was a guy in the pits beside me who was a tuner, and he goes, there's no boost in that car. And I went, can you put some boost in the car, please? And he did, like, maybe 20 seconds of putting some boost in the car. And then I, quote, said, I'm not sure how much boost is in it now, but there's some boost in it. And I went... Grand, and that's exactly how it is now. So I think wow. it's I think it's about four hundred and twenty-five, maybe four thirty. It's not as much as it was. It's like four hundred and twenty something, maybe. It's not. It's like worse than it was at the first time. But it, look, it just keeps going, and it's 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 driving well. So I'm happy with it. That's all that really matters. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, next question. This is from. I'm gonna just stop trying to read people's names. Out. Dis four five dot. Uh, underscore odd. Anyway, um, did you used to be a radio DJ? I did some. I did some radio DJing, but I did more actual DJing. I was DJ for ten years, DJing uh, hip hop. Would you believe? Oh. Um, yeah, I'll never white, do that white, again. White, white, white Irish guy doing hip hop. It was. It was a. Uh, it was always going to be a career move. Um, so I. So I, so I, really? I did that. Nah, so I did a lot of different stuff. I was DJing for ten years, and um, that's obviously where I was okay with speaking publicly. You got to be able to do that if you're a DJ. And then, oh, yeah. so I was into cars. I kind of did DJing and it kind of came together in commentary. And there you go. That's yeah. what I did. Did you ever have but a did... DJ voice? Or... Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, do you ah, know what? What, I... was, what was your hip hop no, DJ see, I, voice? Though? I think that happens because you have such a crap microphone in a nightclub with so much noise that it just goes <laughs> either way. Like it's the <laughs> same choice. noise. It's like the same thing. But now I did uh, two years of college doing media production as well. So that's what gave me a little bit of insight into like oh, media. So you're actually, you're actually doing something with your qualification. That's incredible. People very rarely ever do that these days. Yeah, well, to be fair now, it took me seven years to get from that to actually doing something with it but, yeah. <laughs> by chance. But you get there eventually. Got that's all there in the end, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, next one is from 
Conranjapson, I'm going to go with. Um, how do you feel about UK drifting since you left the BDC? Um, and so, get controversial. Get They're all dicks. They're I, I, dickheads. I, I think, to be honest, well, look, obviously, there's only one person I, I, I talked to about selling the BBC. I say selling is a strong word. It's not like Google or Apple or, you know, it's not a big company. You're selling a Facebook page and uh, some paperwork. So it's not a big sale or anything. But I think Matt was the right person for it. He was young. He was enthusiastic. I'd spent some time with him in, like, Middle East and, and hung out with him quite a bit to know that he was like enthusiastic. I think enthusiasm is the number one thing you need for running a championship. But I think it's not a lot of people the year after I left, I would say to me, um, oh, you know, this is this isn't as good as that. So I was like, I'm doing this like seven years. Like I've been doing like I was doing five championships the year before that. I was like, if Matt came in in his first event and was better than me, I'd be pretty shit. I was like, I, I, I'd done seven <laughs> I'd done like 70 events at this stage, 80 events. Yeah. So I was like, it takes time to get to the point where everything is smoothed over. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you have a football managers are the same. Like they come in and they do a bit shit for a while. And then they, you know, then it starts to get a flow and then they win Champions Leagues. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, people need to be more mindful that it's a process. I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting, like, because I was so used to being- Interesting, in very polite, very no, I was polite. Like, interesting, interesting how I used to be so in control of things and now it's weird because I'm like, some of those decisions that people make, I do think are, are, I can't say they're right or wrong because I never got to the point where, say BDC, for example, was a massively viable thing for me to run. So, you know, I might've had a great production quality and you might've liked it as a driver or you might've liked it as a fan, but if it wasn't making money and it wasn't justifying the work we were putting in, mm. uh, if Matt can crack that, then it actually is a bigger success, you know, because mm. we were kind of just using other monies and championships to keep everybody happy but i think i i drove last year in the bdc to be honest it felt like i was at my own events like it was very smooth it ran really well i had no yeah. issues and uh, i think for me i think it's going to take time for those and they lost a lot of drivers too let's be honest with drift masters and stuff and so did ireland to be honest oh wait, one of the one of the questions just below that is uh why have you skimmed off the cream of all the good drivers for drift masters uh you utter bastard that's from matt stevenson yeah so, so basically <laughs> the problem with that is people think well first of all i don't own drift masters second of all <laughs> second of all um you know those drivers i think had got to the point in ireland and the uk where they would either go around in circles um, or they were going to go chase the dream to be a professional driver. And I knew yeah, this yeah. was happening in Ireland. I knew it was happening. But there just wasn't, let's just say, a consistent or viable option in Europe to go and invest in or get the sponsors to do it. Driftmasters, yeah. for me anyway, I knew once Driftmasters was happening that I couldn't compete with it in terms of Ireland or, or anything else. So like, it's not, I think people need to remember that like any sport, if you're looking at drifting as a sport, you know, if you have Ronaldo and he's, he's in Sheffield United, he's not just going to stay there forever because, you know, so these guys have gone on to try and become superstars like Dwayne and Jack yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. guys and, and Matt Carter and Martin Richards. And I think it's a good thing because when they come back to BDC or IDS, it's kind of a special occasion. People, like if they were there all the time, you wouldn't really give a shit. But if they come back, like I remember Matt Carter coming to Buxton and it was almost like there was a buzz about Matt Carter mm. being at Buxton. I was like, that's yeah, a really yeah. good that's a good thing. Like if yeah, he was there yeah, at yeah. every round, you'd go, whatever, it's Matt Carter. 
Yeah. But now it's like a special thing. It's like when James used to. Oh my God, that's that guy's been to Driftmasters. Oh my God, he's yeah. come to this humble little banger truck in fucking exactly. Derbyshire. <laughs> it's like Bagsy, you know, that Bagsy brings an aura with him when he comes to events mm. because he doesn't compete in everything that's so accessible to you all the time. So it's like, yeah. it's just the next. And then again, if people in BDC didn't have something to aspire to, like Martin Richards or Matt Carter or whatever, then what's the point? Like, yeah. I win it. And now yeah. I can only do worse the next year or the same. So I, remember, I, I remember, uh, God, I don't know what year it'd be, probably 2013, 2014. And I saw him, at, I saw my car at uh, EP Racing and he'd, he'd won it. It was the year that he'd, well, he'd won it multiple years, but year he won it. And he was so, it was like January and he was like, yeah, I don't know. He was like, so you, how do you, you know, how do you feel? Like, oh yeah, just, I don't know. I just, I, I can only do worse next year, can't I really? And I don't know how I feel that's, about but, that. But that's, like, that's, that's the big thing about it. It's like you need an yeah. aspiration, especially if you're going to the top level of something. You want to get yeah, to you the need another. Oh, I, mean, I mean, think about how James Dean feels. He's done Formula Drift, like wiped the floor over and over and over again. It must be kind of, well, what now? Dwayne's going to do him I, this year. I've got faith in him. I, I would say he, he would agree that... Um, you know, I think, I think, look, I'm not going to speak on what James is doing this year. That's up to him to, to announce. But what I would say is that he sees, I think, certain drivers as his biggest challenge. And I think mm -hmm. he would just go wherever they are. I think he likes, yeah. the, he likes the fight of the best guys. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, he's won it three years in a row. I think that's the problem. Where do you go if you're the best mm -hmm. in the world, except for not being the best in the world? for a while or or just continuing it and again in america he's taking a little bit of hate now because he's 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 just winning everything and they don't like him and that's because he's winning he's you're the mm -hmm. hero until you're the schumacher you know and then all of a sudden everyone's or a hamilton and then everyone's to be beaten so mm -hmm. i think yeah. like bdc guys you know if you're in drift cup and you're aspiring to be a bdc guy and then you know and this is a very strange year by the way so all the stuff that's happening yeah. is completely circumstantial to what's happening. I mean, Matt Stevenson's not going to let people in from Drift Cup unless he needed them to make the championship viable. Like, it's the way it is. But it can also be a good opportunity for people to come up and do well. But at the same time, if you look at BDC guys into Drift Masters, Ollie Evans is going to do Drift Masters. I mean, that's his progression. You know, that's what mm -hmm. you do. So um, I think everyone's like, oh, you took all the good drivers to Europe. I was like, oh, I, 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 I didn't say that. Matt I Stevenson's. Feel, I feel like, I feel, no, but people have said it. I'm like, do you think I'd turn up to their, like, it's like a shady agent turning up to their house with like, a paper going, sign here, Drift Masters. And then they go, oh, I don't want to do it. Sign the paper. Like, <laughs> sign the fucking yeah, paper. You're, you're, you're coming with yeah, me. <laughs> see you in Latvian August. You haven't got a choice. If you back out, you owe me 50 grand. It's like, those, those guys just go and do it. It's like they want to do it. Why wouldn't they want to travel across Europe, you know? Yeah, just, exactly. Look, I, I know. I, I purely only said it because uh, I've heard it as well. I've heard people say it's, it. It's a fantastic thing as if I have like a... Like I'm, I'm the Harlem Globetrotters of drifting and I sign these guys up and I'm like, we're all on a tour bus going around Europe. It locked into these contracts, whipping them, getting them into the stadium. I'm like, they, ha they, they don't even get paid to do Driftmasters. So they have complete, I have no hold over whoever does that championship. But um, I think it's just, it's a good opportunity. And I think yeah. BDC and IDS for the same reason are a great building block for that. I mean, people have done very well from both of those championships to go on and win Europe. So it's a good thing. And FD. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, last one, which is kind of a back to uh, what we were saying before, and it was it. it why this is from? Oh, I'm not even gonna bother. 
Warrell 92. Uh, awesome. well, that wasn't that hard. Come on, Alex. No, it isn't. It's W-A-R-R-E-L-E 92. Oh, E92. E92. Oh, anyway. Um, why did you choose to make the BDC good? That's a good question. Why did you choose to make the BDC good? Why? I, that's, I think that's subjective, though, because people would say, you know, I think the old school guys like BBC before my time. You know, some people liked it during my time. Some people probably prefer it now. It depends on your era, I think. And, and a lot of people will say, you know, I think it's, it's so circumstantial to when you were drifting. Like, mm. I've had people say to me, do you know what the best year for drifting was? Uh, 2012, right? They'll say that. And I say, oh, yeah, what happened in 2012? And the next, they'll always start the next sentence with I at the start of it, right? Ah. They'll, go, they'll go, I was drifting in this time. Like, well, that was for you. It was, it was very good in yeah. 2012. I didn't particularly care. So I think it's dependent on you. When I came in, I sort of brought what I brought from Ireland, which was kind of that extreme stuff with the a bit more flamboyant presentation, a little bit slicker and the graphics stuff. Presentation, yeah. Presentation, presentation and then presentation was very important to us. And then, cause I was kind of like, look what happens on the track is not really, we can't do anything about that. Like if someone's good or bad drifting, that's what I always say. You can build every event to be spectacularly great. And if the driving shit, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, or the weather shit. But yeah. if you set it up to the best ability, like it's going to look good, it's going to feel good. We've got a good track, it's exciting. Surely something will happen here that people will be entertained by. And when I think back on it, like it was very taxing. Like I remember we did a promo tour. I think it was the one where we stopped in with you guys. And like we had started in, yeah. rented a car in like Edinburgh and driven to, and we started with like Fraser Stark, I think, or up in like Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. And we yeah, finished, come all the way down. we finished like with Bagsy in Essex. And then we went mm. and get, I was like, it was taxing mm. to promote at the time mm. because you were in a different country. Wasn't Fraser putting molten lead in his diff or something on the video or something along those lines? He was something mad. He was well- Molten lead. Yeah, and there was, and I remember we called it to Huxley. We called it to lots of different people at the time, and we were just chatting through the cars. And you know, I always felt that you had to have a good repertoire with the drivers, as in you had to personally go and talk to people because that's the only way you'll get honest feedback. Like yeah. people on the internet talk, 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 but most of them aren't uh, the relevant people that you want to actually keep happy. So it's a case of like you know, you would go talk to you guys who have a very sort of lifestyle approach to it. And then you go to talk to some people who are super competitive. And then by the end of that trip, you'd go, right, here's the 16 different things we have to somehow keep everybody happy with in this championship. And that helped a little bit as well. But I think presentation, we went, we probably went over the top on presentation in Ireland and the UK. In one way, it was good for us as a company because it, it allowed us to go on and do other things because people liked it. But it was probably reaching in terms of what's actually feasible for anybody coming after us you know we were kind of over inflating it i think to a certain extent with the amount of content of videos and travel and yeah but it, it boosted it but i don't think it was maintainable and i and i think that's where very much you know matt's a good friend of mine eddie's mm. a good friend of mine that's what i said to them i was like i did it to make myself look quite good and go and do bigger things yeah. if that's not your aim and you want to just keep it consistent you could lose all your money on that trying to gamble that way so yeah. I think it's, I think it was, I liked, but I love BDC. I love the three years I did. Actually, mm. I would say it was, I sometimes enjoy, enjoy BDC far more than I enjoyed Ireland mm. because um, Irish guys are quite difficult sometimes because they're quite competitive and stuff. And also you're very personable to them. So they'll give out mm. to you all the time. Whereas English people are like, we already know him. So we won't give out to him just yet. Um, and then yeah. that was kind of, yeah. We're like, we, we'll wait until we know a bit more to give out to him and tell him how shit the championship is. So three years deep. Fuck you, David. Yeah, fuck off, Dave. You, you, you've ruined it. 
But I think that's it. I think it was it was a good time to get involved. I enjoyed it a lot. And then I overkilled myself doing five championships. So I had to let something go. And when it came to going to Europe, the Middle East, or to, you know, Middlesbrough, I was like, if I had to let one of those go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, look, we understand. We get it. You know, it's not fucking Abu Dhabi. It's, you know, it's yeah. Teesside. It's... <laughs> and, then, and then the worst thing is I go back driving and I love going to Teesside. And, I, and Buxton yeah. was my favorite event last year, including some of the European events. So I was <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. Well, so I think was... I... Go on, sorry. Can you carry on? I was saying I, I, I enjoyed the BDC. I enjoyed the driving in BDC immensely last year. It was so much fun. And, and there's a really fun grid there as well. And everyone's kind of... Yeah, it's a very, uh, they're very polite. I think it's like the Irish are a little very less polite. polite, like a little bit less polite in terms of like, if they're not happy with something, they'll just like, they'll yeah, know. yeah, they'll let yeah. you know about it. With, um, I think that question, it's more, it's probably geared more towards us, but I think that for me, being involved with Alex in the BDC and like when Alex was, you know, competing really heavily and we were traveling up and down the country, helping him pit crewing and whatnot, um, it needed someone to either, well, it needed the old owners to let go and bring someone else in with a fresh pair of eyes that was going to take it from the same old, same old to push it further. And someone having the foresight to think that this isn't my end goal. I want to make this something for me to progress onwards. Maybe that wasn't initially at the start, but especially by year two, maybe you were thinking, I want to develop this into something that it wasn't to showcase myself and what I... I yeah exactly and I think that's we would take it really like it was never a case for us of like would the event go well or not like, the last thing anyone ever said I would say it's a very funny thing nobody's ever come up to me at the end of an event and gone that ran very smooth like that's like a given like it's not like they went oh all that organization you did that paid off everything just went really well they're like oh it's, you know it has to be sp spectacular and then we had a couple of rounds in Rockingham where it was pretty spectacular and I was Rest like in peace yeah, and I was like, this is, this is going somewhere, this is getting somewhere. And then some of the T-sides, like we did the nighttime T-side one with the walls and stuff. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty, pretty sick. And the drivers, it was really good at that time in terms of, you know, I hadn't, you know, signed them <coughs> up to Driftmasters at that point with their, uh, their contracts that they can't get out of Driftmasters. And uh, there was a case of, uh, it was just a good time. It just happened at the right time. And I think it can go back there again very quickly. I just think the one thing that's happened in the UK that is different than Ireland is you haven't had, for some reason, the, the sheer uh, amount of young talent coming through to mm. sort of take that way. I mean, I was looking at drift games last year, for example, extreme, like the average age of the top eight at one point was like 21 or two or something. Mm. I was like, it's crazy. But I think in the UK, because you guys have a lot more options when it comes to motorsports and mm. sports in general, you know, people get split a lot more. So it's a very niche thing. And I think it'll, it'll, you'll get a surge of like, I think there's a kid I, I battled in Buxton, Max Cotton, like he's really, really good driver. Yeah. A couple of young guys coming through, and they're, they're, that's when you'll start to see UK drifting get its voice again. It's when you get excited about new drivers coming up, and they're yeah. going to beat James Dean. They're going to beat all these guys, yeah. and that, you're probably not too far away from that. Yeah, it's, it, there is a, a massive lack in uh, younger talent, but then I, I feel like in the UK there's not a great deal of um, not push, but like. Cars just don't seem to be a big thing in the UK as they are in Ireland. Like, I, to be honest with you, it's... it's, it's that's a very blanket, blanket very statement. Blanket statement but, but I always say, do you know what? Cars are too much hassle for younger people nowadays, I think, especially when in Ireland, you know, I would scare you with the taxes they've put in Ireland on import oh, cars. Know, it's, they've put in a new tax last year where 
it's just based on like nitrous oxide emissions that are NOx, they call it. And they were basically saying that now, if I was to import a, let's say I was importing a 1.9 TDI Gulf, and you sold right. it to me, Alex, for about 6,000 pounds. Right. By the time I had that registered in Ireland, it would probably be somewhere around 17,000 pounds. So, and wow. Yeah, right. So they don't want, they don't want, they don't want imports. They right. don't want imports. They want everybody in electric cars. And then they have the tax here, which like, for example, you guys probably don't know this, but for example, a JZX chaser mm. to tax a year is like 1600 euro, 1650 euro. Yeah. And you know, that's, so when you go to like a Jap fest and you see what we always say is you see like 20 JZXs lined up, you're mm. like, that's a lot of money to the government right there. And th it's the same with import now. Like Fucking when it, hell, yeah. It, the vehicle registers. Like if you bring a car in from Japan and Ireland now, what they do, this is the truth. They'll go on like your, let's say, the equivalent of an auto trader. Mm. And they'll just look at the most expensive one for sale and charge you 23% of that to register the car. Even if it's like a shed, a proper shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. so there was a time when everyone figured this out. Who was who put up all these for sale ads for S15s uh, that weren't for sale, but put them all up for like three grand on all these yeah. sites. So yeah. people they would try and fool the revenue that they were worth nothing. But uh, excellent, and, and they didn't come up. But there's a lot. That's the thing uh, in Ireland, and the insurance companies in Ireland now are saying if you're like in your first three years of driving, you can't insure a car that's older than eight years old. Yeah. Why? So what randomly. a random fucking number. Yeah, because they feel like their those cars are safer, and also there's not really that many performance cars in that category. So it's almost stacked against people Jesus being into cars Christ. a little bit, you know, especially younger people. And so no, yeah. nobody young is going to be driving a cool car in Ireland this year. I want to. If they are, but if they are, it's so much more impressive than some dickhead in in the UK driving a fucking course of VXR. <laughs> like even it is very, very like you've got to make a big lifestyle choice yeah. as a young person in Ireland to have that car, and especially if you're, you know, if you're a, a thirty-something-year-old guy and you've got you know kids and and you're married and stuff and your mortgage, and then you got to go spend sixteen, seventeen hundred euro on tax and petrol. Your insurance is like three, four thousand euro a year. Like by the end of that, it just wears people down, I think. And they're like, it's just yeah. not worth it anymore for me to have this car. Mm -hmm. So they are trying to kill it in Ireland. Drifting is exceptionally big in Ireland simply because of our tax system. So I just had all that misery to you there. But then yeah. think about it. If you had a 1600 euro tax car, but you still wanted to drive it, you put a cage in it and you go drifting. Go drifting. So because yeah. none of the drift cars in Ireland can drive on the road, yeah. they do so much more drifting. Yeah. Like, as I oh, said, if, right. look at Dan, if his car could only drift and couldn't drive on the road whatsoever, any of your cars couldn't drive on the road, then you would do a lot more drifting probably because you'd want to get in the car a lot more. Yeah, then, that's a good point that, yeah, it becomes, it, it's, it's a, not a forced hobby, but it stops being that thing that you can also just nip to the shops in. I do massively yeah, yeah. take that for granted. I mean, like, that's, that, the last time I taxed that, which was 2018, 18, yeah. um, that cost me 200 and I think it was 240 quid to, for the year to tax it. That's it. And I remember the, 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 I don't know if you remember the, I had a purple S14A about 2014 and I sold it to a guy from Ireland and he, he, it was really odd and I didn't really understand it at the time, but he said, I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it for the money you've asked if, and he came over on a, on a flight the following day. He said, 
if you leave it on the V5 in your name and say that the car has been sold that you don't know who to, but they're in Ireland. Yeah. And I can keep it on the V5 with the plates and everything else. And I was like, I mean, I, I'll, I'll I don't, put, I don't understand it, this at it, all, it, but yeah, sure, even, have it. <laughs> I'll tell you an even more ridiculous one. Like, for example, if you have an S15, mm. more than likely, you're not going to have it as your everyday car. You're going to have yeah. like a normal car and then this is your weekend car. Yeah. Well, in Ireland, you have to have two separate insurance policies for both of those cars. They can't be on the one policy. And if you already have a car, your second car has absolutely no, uh, you don't have any no claims bonus on it. So if if you are driving a Golf and you bought wow, an S15 be <laughs> on your second policy, they take it as if you're 17 years of age going onto that car. Even if you have 10 years no claims, you can only put Jesus that on one car. Christ, that would have fucking killed me. I mean, the car that this laptop sat on, I dev- I made, I got uh, 11 years no claims out. Well, it's 10. They don't do any more than 10. But I got 10 years no claims on this. 10 years no claims on that. And the MX-5 that's still insured sat outside of here. We've got 10 years on that. That's a grand total of 30 years. I've only been alive for 35 years. <laughs> I mean, it, I, the insurance for this car, I, I, I can't really show it because it's on the laptop, but um, the last time that I looked at it, because it auto renews, it was with Footman James, and it was something ridiculous. It was like, 130 pounds or something for the year. It's a three liter V6 twin turbo manual 300ZX. It's not the fastest thing in the world, but it's a, a 1992 yeah. Japanese import but, car. But in Ireland, it's, it's like you've got to commit massively to that particular choice. So that's why drifting got so huge is that people are like, like if yeah. you have a cage in what your car. What the fuck else are you going to do? <laughs> but if you have a cage in your car, you can't pass an MOT here or the equivalent of the MOT. You can't so, pass an MOT with a cage. No. Bolt in or otherwise. Bolt in or it welded in. So that means that once you put a cage in a car in Ireland, that car is now done on the road, like it's finished. So you it's make a car out. safer. Fuck. Well, their, their attitude is that unless you're wearing a helmet, the cage isn't yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah, they said, there's a massive steel bar beside your head in that car now. I, I've hit my head on my own roll cage many times. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Bollocks. So, <laughs> so that's the thing is, when I, w- I remember the first time I went to BBC and I was in Teesside, I think, and I went down to like the, lo- the, the petrol station and there was like, Lassa team were like filling up the cars from the pumps and I was like what is happening I was like how are these drift cars like driving around and that was the thing for me it was like I had such a problem when I got to BDC because people were like I gotta take all the carpet and the stereo and the amps and the subs out of the boot of my car I was like absolutely it's a race car like and then I was coming from a totally different culture you know I was like yeah yeah but then but then on the the flip side like you see team Lassa filling up all the comp cars they've driven to the shell station around the corner um when I was in I hate saying this because I sound like Mito in Japan Japan. when I went to Japan I went to Nico it was really good Um, (laughs) and I got given a 90 mark two uh, it was real nice and halfway through the day obviously it ran out of fuel and that car was not um, a I'll be polite I mean it was not a well presented drift car it was it would never pass any MOT in any part of the world and I just he just said just drive it to the petrol station just go left right da, 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 and just fill it up um, 
And, and I thought, oh, this is dead sketchy. If I get pulled over, I mean, the last thing I fucking want is, like, fucking hell, it'd be horrendous. And I, it did. It was about two miles down the road. felt super-duper sketchy. The car had bits hanging off it. The exhaust was on the like, hanging on the floor. And we pulled into this petrol station, and this fucking dude runs out of the petrol station, and he fills up the petrol for me. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't ask. We just pulled in. We didn't even know... I don't know what anything fucking says. He filled up the fucking petrol for us. He took the fucking money, went, went in, got changed and said bye. And then we just drove back. And on the way back, there was, um, oh God, what was it? I want to say like, they call it a Honda, not a Jazz. It's called a Honda Up. No, it's not a Up. What is it called? Fit, Honda Fit or some shit like that. But like a police version of that or like some small Honda police car. Just drive straight past it. You do that in any other country on planet Earth, you'd have been pulled over. Resent. And that would have been the end of that. But they just didn't it, seem and, to and give what a I realize is it depends on the country. Like oh, I've God, seen, yeah. Jesus I, in Driftmasters, I've seen some sketchy stuff. Like in Hungary, I'm not going to name the driver, but a very, very famous driver uh, mapped his car on the motorway. Like he went to the motorway, had the tuner in the passenger seat and drove up and down the motorway. And I don't think anybody really cared at all at the time. And I think he had number plates. He took the number plates from his van really? and put them on the car uh, from, and uh, I'm not going to say what country it was either, but he basically went up and down the motorway for about an hour and a half tuning the car and he won the event the next day. So, <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, perfect. That's, but that's again, same work. thing. But if you're in Ireland, not so much. Like Ireland is, so that's what you'll see today. I get, can't get over going to track days in Ireland, like today. Beautiful R32s. 34s like I'm talking they would be exceptional road cars just being thrashed on the track because someone's like I cannot be bothered insuring this taxing this you know keep maintaining it so I think that's a very different thing in Ireland and the UK that at UK it's kind of like you can build your own fucking cars in the UK and put them on the road it's insane to us here like did you like Alex Law can build his own car in his shed and as long as it's got indicators he can get through an MOT but you know like those kit cars that people build yeah like yeah, yeah, to us, yeah, that's yeah. insane. A man in a shed builds a car. Someone else goes, it's a car, all right. And off he goes. I'm like, that's insane. So that's why I think drifting in Ireland, especially younger people, they'll never have a car on the road. Like never. So they're better off buying, you know, an S14 shell and but doing then, it up and going drifting. But then why does that not devalue the vehicles then? It, it doesn't Massively seem like there's a... There. Yeah, but there doesn't seem to be a massive discrepancy between the prices in the UK and Ireland. The difference is we wouldn't buy it. I was looking at an S14 that was for sale in the UK last week. And I was looking at the car. I literally loved everything about it. I was like, I'll buy that. I don't even mind putting like the, the vehicle registration tax, whatever. And then it had a welding cage. And I went, oh, well, that's, that's the end of that. Can't drive that on the road. So, or else I have to cut the cage out of the car, which is a nightmare. So that's the thing. It's like, I have to have a drift car S body and I have to have a road S body. And I can't, they cannot be similar simply because they have to be doing two completely different things. Yeah. So I think a big part of it for me is that, you know, in Ireland, young people just drift because they can't drive. And I think yeah. in the UK, they can drive. And because they drive, they're kind of probably happy enough not to drift. It's very true, though, what you said before yeah. about, obviously, you... I mean, I know Alex, Alex was the same. I, the last time my car was insured tax and MOT on the road was 2018. And that year, I did 14 events. And I drove six miles to a curry house for someone's birthday and six miles back in it purely because 
it was at home and I blocked yeah. my van in. That was it. It was just a yeah. car to drive. It was yeah, just a way to drive. That was, that was the only, I didn't do any yeah, of that. Yeah, but any attention that you get by driving these cars on the road, like I think there's like a sliding scale. It goes from people going, fucking hell, look at that guy. He's a fucking knobhead. To the point at which it's like, extremely low, very loud, stupid shit all down the side of it. They're like, they don't know what to make of it. Like, what the, what the fuck is this? This, is, this doesn't make any, are, are, are we on a film think, set? Is this, am I being recorded? What the and it's, and you know, years ago, like the, the, let's call them the max power days, you would, you would kind of have a bit more of that going on. Now it's so yeah. unusual. Like yeah. I had this S14 I want to build for the road. Not far away from the style that you guys go for. Not with an RJ kit, but with just kind of a subtle old school Japanese look. I want to put it on dishy wheels. I want to put like a little bit of chrome graphics on it. And I know for a fact that a policeman or a guard, as we call them here, will stop me and go, what are you doing? What is this? What are you doing? Like, as in, what the fuck literally, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, what are you doing? Like, what is going on here? And that's the funny thing. It, like, that's, it's, but at almost, I think we're at a crossroads now where it's so uncommon that there's no bad people sort of making a bad name for you in an S14 yeah, or 15 yeah. because like it's not a cheap car to go do roundabouts at night like it's too no, but now yeah, yeah. now becoming unattainable by people who would and go now E36s in Ireland are yeah. like 7,000 euro I'm like oh my god it's, it's happened it's happened <laughs> it's already. happened oh it's happened don't, yeah even fucking uh, e, E46s are creeping up fucking hell yeah, well, three to eight, my, my three to eight do a seven grand your battery's dying, is it? Well, we, we yeah, probably need to do. We probably need to wrap yeah. this up anyway. So we'll say bye to Daniel Joyce. Yeah, bye, 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 bye. Love you, bye, Daniel. Love you all. Love you all. Love you bye, 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 bye. Um, yeah, I bought anyway. the other day that was rusty as fuck for three grand. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did. A, you did a really fucking bad thing there, so. It was. It was the. It was. It was horrible. It was like when you when you say rusty fourteen, you're like, yeah. It was old. an S fourteen that was worth three grand. Worse. Yeah, it was worth three grand. And I, 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 like, I've still got a, a unit corner full of bits, but I've easily made my money back out of it. And I've still got money to make out of it. But there's, there's um, like cars now, like I had people trying to buy that shell off me and I was like, dude, I'm not even entertaining. Showing you pictures, telling you where it is. It's going in the bin. I'm cutting bits off it and yeah. I'm making my life easier by instead of unbolting things, cutting front clips of the car off. Like... <laughs> I'm not even telling you where it is, what it is. Like I pushed the sill, and I mean, like I lent on it, pushed it, my and my hand went but through the people, sill. Through people the still wanted it. People still wanted it. This is the people fucking crazy. Still, yeah, but you, you put a you can put a kit over that. Yeah, <laughs> put a kit over a sill. People would never fucking know. Even never know. Even when I cut the front clip clean off, both bottom chassis legs, top chassis legs, someone was still messaging me, dude. I'll come tonight. I'll give you five hundred. Uh, I'm telling you, like, can you, can you only imagine in five years when people are like. Oh, I got a 328 BMW. How much did you pay? Bargain, 20 Gs. I'm like, oh, <laughs> This is why I wanted that fucking 410. I wanted that 410. Yeah, that, so I, don't, I think that's a once, one, once in a life. We should do like a four oh. or five people go in and just have it in their oh, shed right. for three months of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so they can look <laughs> at it. Just so you can just, just look at it. Just drive it like down the end of your driveway and back. Because like, it's just such a, a, a lovely little thing. I, yeah. I've never felt like that about a car, but maybe like some old, very old, small Corollas. They just look adorable. And I just... Oh, I, I saw that today and I, was like, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, please don't be cheap. It's fucking cheap. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, showed Gabby, I showed Gabby and she was like, absolutely fucking not. not. But, 
<laughs> fine, but the 300 goes. And she knows I can't sell the 300 because I'm a fucking attached to it. Like, I'm a yeah. fucking Yeah, no, and I'd say it's, it's the same problem we all have. We're, we're, we're going to be buying crap for a long time, but we're just going to be paying more for it. Yeah, but, but you know, the thing is, they'll only, they'll, only be, they'll only be valuable to other people like us. Yeah. So and and those people will be a smaller group. All we'll be doing is, like, I'll buy your car off you for 50 grand, and you'll buy my car off me for 47 <laughs> yeah. grand, and that'll be all that happens. It just continuously go <laughs> yeah. around until We'll be doing trades, and we might as well say the cars are 200 grand, because it's only those two people would ever trade right. anyway. Yeah, exactly. But, Jesus you know, Do you not think uh, it's going to get to the point, like, when we've got grandkids and stuff, and you're going to tell them, like, the year, Years gone by, like you're probably still gonna have bits in your garage. If we never, if we, if we at some point all sell up and stop driving, and then one day your kids are gonna go, Grandad, have you seen these cars? And then you go, Yeah, I've scrapped like, Yeah, that's me, that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, like, the best thing is yeah. you'll go into your garage, you, you, you'll still have your car now, yeah, yeah. it's still be there. And, and you're gonna be like your granddad with a Ford Capri going, This is yeah. an SNS 14, it's got 250 horsepower. Like, what are you talking about every car is a thousand horsepower now. Like it's just, it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. the slowest car I've ever seen in yeah. my life. That was what got me about that 410. It was a 1.2, it was a 1.2 three cylinder, oh, was it three cylinder or whatever it was? And it was like 40 brake horsepower. And yeah, I was like, 40. ah, I want that so much. But back then, a 1.2 with 40 brake horsepower. I think my power washer Ooh, had more than 40 oh, horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 remember when I got that two, my, my, I took my old boss's 2CV off him to do the brakes. Oh, Jesus Christ. If you've ever done the brakes on a 2CV, they're on the engine. And they're the worst fucking things to work on. Yeah, like, that's the face I pulled as well when I yeah. discovered that brakes were that's on the engine. That's where I like to put my brakes. Yeah, <laughs> the so they, they overheat all the fucking time. You have no brake pedal. Anyway, which in there. turn, which in turn overheats the engine. <laughs> France. Brakes, yeah, yeah. The engine. So, but we, we would, me and Alex were driving it back, and never in my life have I had more people look at me, thumbs up, smiling, <laughs> laughing in a fucking what? What are they? Well, they're a dish of well, they're two horsepower, like they're meant to be two horsepowered cars. They're not two horsepower. No, they're not, but they're called a dish of well, they're two horses, two. That's what it was. It, it, really? it was yeah, that's a dish of well, two CV. Oh, you fucking learn something new every day. Yeah. So anyway, by the way, um, when we when we had like, and I drive a fourteen, the, the same route, the same drive. Everyone would be like, "Look at that dickhead, Drive that wanker, red top." I, I get, I get. Do you know what? I get. I'm stuck in it now because I'm going. I live in like a, an area where I don't think anybody in my entire housing estate or the three beside it has any car of interest to me at all. Like it's all the same. Vanilla. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just Audis like, and Mondeos. Yeah, golf, and Audi, Mondeo, golf, yeah, Audi, Mondeo, golf, Audi, Mondeo, golf, golf, golf. And I was like, great. And then I have a, well, I would say it's a semi-respectable car in an M4, which I drive. And it's like a normal, he looks like a guy that just does the business things and then like I look like one of the a businessman. Yeah, I'm a businessman. <laughs> Even though I wear snapbacks and cargo shorts to work at ten o'clock, I'm either a businessman or a drug dealer. So it's like basically I, I come into the driver and then I'm like, if I drive back an eighty six Corolla or an S fourteen stance, the entire place would be like, Who's What's this the- guy? Yeah, and why is he at that guy's house? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're but not like the pe- same person. They're not yeah. the same person Who's at this? all. And then the Different very people. Very but I think I think eventually it'll cross a path. I think it's probably five years away mm. from crossing a path where it'll be sort of a classic car yeah, looked yeah. at like an MGB or something like that because yeah. there just won't be the stigma of people just wrecking them and just ripping around. It'll be like real enthusiasts and it'll be fine. It'll be like a, an Escort Cosworth now. Yeah. It was like, it's like, oh my God, it's like such a prestigious car. People love them or a Mark II Escort. But then 
back in the day, they were like the ultimate Yabo car. Like they were. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think it'll gradually get to a point where I'm not saying, you know, yellow and purple Lambo doors level of acceptability, but to a certain extent. But I think, I think there's a, I think there's a thing in that. Whereas if we were driving our cars down the road now, a police Ooh, officer, you know, that's on the road. He's driving it normally. It's gonna have had some money spent on it. It's gonna be done to a degree. Like they're not. Oh, you'd assume it. so, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they're gonna, they're <laughs> at a point now where, a, like, a, that police officer that pulled us over many moons ago, who had a three thousand GT and couldn't oh, ensure. Oh yeah, shit, yeah. He knows about the value of the cars and he knows what they are. And ninety percent of the police officers in this country, I think, I could attest to say that they're interested in cars if they're a traffic officer. They would know to yeah. a degree. That would be the complete opposite in Ireland. Yeah, but I think it would be like, uh, "Can you just step out of the vehicle as we load it on the truck, please?" Then we'll have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, then we'll have a conversation with them. Well, this is the thing. I really missed. I really missed sort of like probably two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. When if you went and did like, not that anyone ever did, but if you did some like streeto somewhere and you got pulled over, you get pulled over and they'd go, "God, are you okay?" Are you, yeah, yeah. are you all right? And you'd you be lost like, it there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I thought you were a goner then. I, yeah. I honestly thought you well done. You know, Good car control, now, buddy. Now, now, obviously, you were speeding. Um, so slow down. But, you know, good car control there. You know, good car control. And you're like, yeah. I had, I had exactly Get the this. fuck out of here now. Get the fuck out. When I used to work at Sainsbury's, just got the 14. Bright red, and um, I was doing the roundabout outside the same as where I work. All my mates were at the side. Allegedly, allegedly, (laughs) just let off, pulled up, and then pulled up next to me, unmarked police officer in a BMW. Like he'd only just joined the roundabout as I came round. So he gave me a quick like blues, pulled up, and just like wound the window down. I was like, "You okay?" And he's like, "Just be careful, mate. They drop a bit of diesel on that early in the morning. So you know when you come out of it." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Diesel. Like drifted, drifted.com stickers on the wing mirrors and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Diesel. Honest, Diesel. I think it's all, it's all about how you approach it. If you approach it with a smile and, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but ah, ah. Now, now, now they pull you over. Now they pull you over and they use the D word. Diff. No, drift. <laughs> Diffid. <laughs> no, they use the drift word. They say, they'll, they'll pull you over. And so yeah. we saw you drifting and you think, fuck. Here we go. Bah! And it says drift on almost 90% of the stickers on your car as well. So it's like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, just, as, I can stop people for a chat. Like, I go, a, a copper has pulled, not, I think I, I was pulled up in uh, Wimsor and he stopped and like pulled in behind me. And I'm like, here we fucking go. I'm going to get fucking absolutely rimmed here. Guy was genuinely interested in talking about the car. He was yeah. like asking me, he knew about drifting. He was asking about like what I'd done to it. And he was fishing for obviously information, but. He straight away is like, oh, you know, you welded diff. I was like, no, it's got an LSD in it. And no, yeah. it's got an LSD in it, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, all the usual stuff. And he was like, oh, right. And he was like, oh, you know, if you've done all the way yourself. I was like, no, I have it. It cost me a lot of money. It's pretty much all I spent. I've Professionally done, done by professionals. Any money professional people. that work on my car. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all done by a garage. It's based out in uh, Birmingham. I think it's called. Far uh, away. I think, in a, I said in five years, I think people will just appreciate the cars because there'll yeah. be only a handful left. Yeah. So like, you know, and the people will go, wow, that's an S14. I remember those. So that's going to be a phrase. Like five years and they can go back on the road. 
I'm gonna. I'll hold. I'll keep it going. I'll but the thing is, my Corolla, my Corolla. The once they get thirty years old in Ireland, the gloves are off. They have no test, and they have no. And the tax is only fifty euro. Oh shit! So in now, four, let's talk about that four ten again. <laughs> and, and I'll put it this way: there's a lot of cars in Ireland about three or four years away from that point, and then all hell is gonna break loose. You can drive around with a shit, cage I on mean... top of a cage. In, you can have a NASCAR <laughs> cage. Doesn't matter. So, so, so you're saying that there is a point in time in Ireland where S13s and 14s yeah. and 15s will just be 50 quid. They'll be 50 quid tax, but the price of no them MOT. And you can get classic oh, car insurance, which oh, is like God. 150 euro. So, like, it's literally. So, this will this, this will affect the price of them in the, in the yeah. UK as well. Yes. Holy the minute, the minute they go classic car. For example, look at the Corolla, the A6 Corolla. Yeah. That car used to be 2,000, like 3,000 euro to VR, vehicle registration tax from Japan. And then it was to tax it would have been about 700 euro or something like that. And then this year, they went 30 years. So to import it from Japan, you pay 200 euro. That's the max yeah. it is anywhere. And it's 56 euro to tax it. Immediately, every Corolla in Ireland is now above 17, 18,000 euro. Because yeah, fuck. And you can get on a classic insurance, like you were saying, like a classic insurance. Your average insurance price here is maybe 2,000 euro. Yeah. You can get it insured for 150 quid because it's a classic car. Yeah. So with a limited mileage. So like it is cheap to own a car. So like I bought an S-Body during the week, it's a 94. So in three years time, uh, it's an RB25 uh, powered one, but it's going to be 56 euro to tax it on the, and then the price of it's going to be like, it's, a, it's literally a goose egg at that point because it's so hard to find an S14 really down the year, like a Zenki 94. I mean, there was, the, there, was the, there was the realization that 1994 is almost 30 years ago, which was quite shocking. But, um, but the idea of, of, of an just, S- oh, shit. <laughs> but S, I mean, I was just thinking about along the lines of like America and how yeah. their bullshit laws, but really like across the fucking park, like, yeah. The minute you that's have a, a that's nine, a much that's a much bigger deal, really. Like PS PS thirteens that you guys would have, what the 89, They are now mega money here. Like yeah. they're importing them at like seventeen grand, eighteen grand for a standard one. And wasn't Ali's, wasn't Ali's at eighty nine? His yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Ali's, Ali's PS was an eighty nine, and that cost yeah. him seven hundred pounds. Yeah, those cars are <laughs> for easily easily. Like there's there's maybe one for sale in Ireland that hasn't been started in five years. That's twelve and a half. So like, like they're getting to a point where they're really expensive because they're easy to insure now in tax. So I think the UK will just all of the cars that are pre ninety one next year that are drifty will just be snapped up for nothing because yeah. Irish people can insure them. So you're going to have a lot of imports that way. Corollas are already gone crazy money anyway. So yeah. it's like and now S fourteens. I I wanted a ninety four because like it's very close to classic and. Like a 9800, I'm not going to have the car for that long, I'd imagine. So it's interesting. It's like you're trying to work the system all the time over here. And then, as I said, drift cars, you don't have to register them, you don't have to do anything with them. But then remember, they're also not insured. That's another thing in Ireland. No drift car is insured in Ireland, and no drift car is road legal. So, you know, and can never go back on the road, actually, really. No, you can't. You once, once, once you stick a cage in it, I guess it's extremely difficult. Or you cut the front and back end off it. So, like, you know, that's. Yeah. that's but yeah, there is it, that. You don't have to do that, so you know. You don't have around, to do that. Swings and roundabouts. You guys have better road cars to a certain extent sometimes. 
and then yeah. we have a lot of drifters because yeah. you're on the track all the time. So, so, so in some sense, Ireland's very similar to Australia because obviously I spent some time like time speaking to Ty, and nothing over there is road legal really, unless it's no. been engineered. Australia is like, very similar to Ireland in that regard. Yeah, you go drifting to go drifting. You don't drive your drift car on the road. It's insane. There's, there's yeah, somewhat, the, the, I know. Yeah, I just, I just, it's fine. I just, it's a van. Oh, is that a van? <laughs> Yeah, there was an RX-7 that pulled in before. There was a... I oh, it's Lee. Lee. Yeah. Because there was, I could hear there was some kids in a Fiesta doing the old pop-bang map thing. He bangs. <laughs> Josh Holden has one of them. And then he, he, yeah. I could hear him rattle... <laughs> I could hear him rattle past them with his fucking... Because he's one of the only people in the world I know who's got an RX-7 with a wankel rotary engine in. And I heard him rattle past, and then he's pulled in here, and then he's just set the cameras off. So that's good to know they're working. Oh, also, Saul, I got the hard drive working in the, in the CCTV again, so that's working. Just announcing to the world of all three people who will watch this that the hard drive wasn't working that in the CCTV. Yeah, you could have robbed us, but too late. Ah, <laughs> bollocks. It's not like it's my job or anything. Um, right, um, where the fuck is Saul gone? We're probably going to wrap this up, because I don't know whether yeah. this will record for long enough. We've done, like, I, over two hours. You might have, like, hours. a 79 gig file now, which is... Yeah, which is nervous on a on a MacBook Pro that. But it was it was good to chat. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen you guys in quite some time, and I'm making a point of finishing this by saying that you guys have to come to a drift games bash. That just has to happen. I mean, one hundred percent will. Yeah, we were because of well. the driving, but more so because of the partying, which is now oh, infamous. Yeah. And yeah, very it is. good fun. It is infamous, <laughs> and and um, it's and you get two full days of driving, three tracks, and it is just twenty five car trains in Mandelo Park, which is yeah. hilarious. That's, and, that's and a good we're, standard of driving too. Yeah, yeah. We're we're there with bells on. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So we're hope we're hoping to get one. Maybe this year is probably ambitious with partying and stuff like that. But next year we're hoping to run a few. We'll get you guys over. We'll give you the yeah. entries. We want to see yeah. some bright yellow and purple cars. We want to park Josh's car beside them and pretend that he's in your crew. And then we'll we'll have him doing a train with you guys and you know yeah. five, five and six cars. Brilliant. And we get the other one as well. That was, I was the same. Bring old mate as well. And the, the guy from Russia. We'll, we'll bring get the him guy over. from Russia. We'll yeah, bring, bring him, him in. It'll we'll be like one in. massive fade of just <laughs> Instagram fade of colours. <laughs> that would be really good. So we, we, we hope you guys can make it. Yeah, we will. We will be there with bells on. Bless you. Right. Um, okay. So that was, that has been the twentieth Low Origin podcast. If you've listened this far, um, that's um, a long journey. <laughs> well done. Congratulations. If you've listened to this on uh, on iTunes, fuck you. Go back and watch it on YouTube. We need the fucking views. The fuck is wrong with you? Um, and who does that? Who does that? Why? Why would you do that? Just, just put it on on YouTube and just put it on repeat. Just, look at us. Look. look. Look at our faces. Fuck you. Anyway, um, in, the, in the nicest possible way, thank you for listening to this far um, and uh, have a lovely time. Hopefully, we'll all be out drifting and doing cool shit soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get to the UK towards the end of the year uh, to do some BDC. Obviously, I have to do Driftmasters and then I'm hoping to do... I've got to go back to Buxton. It's the best we can yeah. I've been doing Buxton again. Buxton. Smash my car up again, give myself something to do for the winter. So I was like, I, I might do that one. And then if you guys can make it up to a bash, we should definitely do that. So that's, that's a plan. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Thank you very much, David, for coming onto this podcast. We will see you soon. Love you. Bye. And, and obviously, Dan, Joyce, and, and Danny, they have fallen by the wayside. But bye bye. See you later. All I'm to do now is work out how to stop the recording. I don't even know where my fingers to press bye. <laughs> see you guys. That's, that's what she said. Bye. Bye. <laughs>